The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's mock draft week on pod like... All right. There's not much to say. It's very simple. We have an objective in front of us. It's going to be long. It's going to be intense. It's going to be exciting. I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you for listening to us on Pod Like a Raven. It is officially mock draft time. It is officially draft week coming in a couple of days and we are here to give you what is going to be the 100% accurate 31 correct picks uh brought to you by pod like a raven i bring in my co-hosts here to get started jace evans on the west coast jace how many picks are you going to get 100% correct uh, we're going for an over under of two and a half. Let's go. Let's hit over. Uh, you know, we had, we were talking a little bit before show. We had a great 2021 draft to the Trevor Lawrence draft. I think we, we, I think we approached double digits, correct player to team. I think we had three or four last year. So let's get, <laughs> let's find the middle ground between those two and have, have a great draft again. And on the East coast, Tim Horsey. How you doing? I'm good, man. Jace is cheating with his over-under because he has the first overall pick, and we kind of know where that's going. So it's really a one-and-a-half for Jace. Uh, and you know what? Not to slate him, I'm putting mine at one-and-a-half, too. Uh, I've been running through. I signed up for the free trial of the PFF mock system draft thing, whatever it is. Been spending the time when I'm not working going through there. But this is it's one of my favorite episodes of the year, man. Like You are not here to listen to... You're super nerdy is the wrong word, but you're super in tune draft experts. You're here to sit back with a pina colada like I did and just talk first round picks, baby. The draft is here. It is an exciting draft. It's one that is after pick one and sort of not even pick one. People don't really know what's going to happen. So there's a lot of drama, a lot of excitement. I can't wait to get started, man. Let's do this. Couple of quick things to go over before we dive into the mock uh some nfl news uh. and notes um specific to the ravens at least starting out tyler huntley officially signing his tender will be on the ravens great um <laughs> but really i want to talk quickly about the big news that dropped monday afternoon kavan seymour re-signed with the ravens as a nice depth p oh wait a minute i missed i misorganized my notes Aaron Rodgers was traded <laughs> from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Football Jets, and it only took three months. Uh, final deal on this. Um, the Packers agreed Monday to deal Aaron Rodgers and their first-round pick, number 15. Overall, the 2023 fifth-round pick, and then the Jets gave the 2023 first-round pick, number 13 overall, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2023 sixth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 second-round pick that becomes a first-rounder if Rodgers plays 65% of the season. Two, a minute 
guys, on what this trade means, how unbalanced you think it is. It is a lot of picks going back and forth, but the big stuff really is the conditional 2024 second rounder probably becoming a first. Um, and then the interesting thing, the the little pick swap from 13 and 15 uh, is maybe the, no- the most notable stuff um, in this. But what are you guys' thoughts on the, the deal, first of all, the Packers moving forward and the Jets moving forward? Well, another another second round pick in there as well uh, f- that the that the Packers acquire. I mean, look this this was coming. I'm so glad that it's done so that all the draft lead up can be actually about the draft and then D Hop going to the Ravens, uh, which you <laughs> failed to mention. That's definitely going to happen, uh, according to Pac Man Jones on the Pat McAfee show. We'll see. Um, I have we were texting about this on, on Monday. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, and I was. I was pretty hot in the fact that the Jets got fleeced and the Jets were Jetsing. I've cooled on that a little bit. One, because they had to make the deal. Uh, they absolutely had to. And two, it really only ends up being, in terms of in terms of value picks, a second-round pick and a first-round pick. Like, the first-round pick is the one, assuming that he plays at 65% of the snaps. I'm just going to assume he does. It's a first-round pick and a 2023 second-round pick as well. Um, for a Hall of Fame quarterback who, despite how weird you think he is and despite, you know, how, for his standards, poorly he played last year, instantly makes that team better. Now, it's the Jets. The Jets now have Super Bowl aspirations. And any Jets fan that tries to cool on that, I would tell you that you're wrong. You got this guy thinking you're going to the Super Bowl because you have this talented roster around. Um. And I don't want to be mean to Jets fans. I don't think any Jets fans listen to this, but this is going to blow up in their face because it's the Jets. This is just what happens. It's like the Commanders. It's the same thing. Uh, but taking away the, the the green and white that he's going to be playing in next season, I think it's a move you kind of had to make. Now, him kind of putting you in the corner of, I want to play for the Jets, and you basically making it public that you didn't want to play for anybody or that you didn't want to trade for anybody but Aaron Rodgers probably, you know, hurt you a little bit in terms of compensation. But at the end of the day, in the position they were in, they had to get the deal done. Uh, for me, the thing I'm most pissed about is that now I'm not picking for the Packers, <laughs> and I was 100% going to pick a wide receiver for the Packers just out of spite because they haven't picked one in the entire Aaron Rodgers era in the first round. And I just thought it would be, you know, just for the pure jocularity of it, I was going to pick a, a pick a wide receiver. But, yeah, look, I hate that another talented quarterback's coming to the AFC. It's annoying, um, especially when Tyler Huntley is going to be taking snaps for the Ravens next year. Just signed the tender. Congratulations to him. Uh, but, yeah, something that had to happen. And, and let's see how it plays out because Ayahuasca Aaron in the Big Apple is going to be <laughs> – something that's pretty special Uh, yeah i'm very similar to you tim i was initially like that is a lot to give up and for similar reasons i was like because they kind of had no choice but then i thought about it and it's like you know it's fine to give up a first round pick because that probably means you're likely where you wanted to go which for the jets is the playoffs they haven't been in 12 years it's the longest playoff drought in the league and if they don't make the playoffs, like, the GM is getting fired. The coach is getting fired. Like, the, the Woody Johnson is not going to probably, you know, 
uh, allow this to just keep going on to push to like 15 seasons without the playoffs, right? So, you know, even though I am dubious about them being an actual true Super Bowl contender, I think there's just too many good teams in the AFC, the Chiefs. But that's the expectation. That's the expectation. But, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing. Like, I don't... It should be the expectation, but at the same time, if you just haven't made the playoffs in 12 years, I can see, like, the playoffs kind of being, you know, their version of mission accomplished. Like, uh, and so in that sense, like, if he plays 64... Obviously, the worst case scenario is Rodgers plays the whole season. It's like, oh, he is 39. It's just, like, last year was the start of a decline rather than just a blip. And he plays 65% of the snaps. You give up a first-round pick, and they still go 7-10 and 10 again. Like, that's... that, And so... Being the Jets, that obviously could unfold, but I'm more optimistic that they will, at least, they should challenge for the playoffs. I still think Rodgers is pretty good. Certainly much better than Zach Wilson, and that team still went 7-10 and with Zach Wilson playing prominent part in last season. I believe they were, what, 7-4, and right? And lost out. So, um, yeah, I think it's good. Um, it seemed like the Packers had been reported they really wanted the 13th overall pick, so I find that pick swap very funny because you know it's just moving up two spots but uh yeah i think they just hope that they stink it's the nfc is like two teams and one of those teams that's good is the 49ers who we don't know who their quarterback is um it's the eagles and like who and then everyone else good is in the afc so as tim said yeah that's annoying uh for us in the being in the conference we play in that has all the good quarterbacks but um yeah, I, I, I am glad it got out of the way. It's not going to be ha- happening on draft night. We know where we stand. Um, and yeah, we can just kind of get into like uh, not having to deal with this, the Rogers threat looming over the draft like it has seemingly for the last like two or three years. Yeah, the Jets Jets this correctly. <laughs> Rogers, so gets Jets. To, Rogers gets to 70% of the season, <laughs> then gets a season-ending injury. <laughs> You know, right after that, uh, the injury makes him really reconsider his choices. He retires after the at the end of the season, and the Jets have no quarterback and fewer picks. And and that would be amazing. And, and then they end up going like eight and nine, so they don't even have a top ten pick. And that would that, there's a world where all all that <laughs> plays out like that. But we we will wait and see. I would prefer it to you know, thin the herd a little bit in the AFC, but uh, we'll have to see. And uh, yeah, go Tyler. Go Tyler Huntley, just <laughs> slinging the ball, slinging the ball week in, week out against this lineup of AFC quarterbacks. All right, that's it. We're done. Done with the news. Done with that. Get your mocktails out. Get a straw. Get some ice. Uh, it's, t- it's time to get mocking. Uh, last year, at this time, the Ravens hadn't traded Hollywood Brown yet, and a contract for Lamar Jackson was coming any day. Uh, things can change very quickly, um, and that's kind of the theme of this year's NFL draft after pick one, um, there's a clear crop, I would say, of four top QB prospects. There's a lot of great cornerback depth, uh, some interesting wide receiver options that the Ravens may be interested in. Uh, as a reminder, we, we do this every year. We know you guys listen to this every year and gals, but as a reminder, this mock is what we think each team should do rather than what we want them to do. Um, for example, when I mock the Steelers pick at 17, I want them to just forfeit the pick entirely, but they <laughs> should draft an actual football player. So I will have them drafting an actual football player. Um, and for the first time, introducing 
we will attempt to be able to make trades in real time. So bear with us a little bit on this. Uh, we're using uh, like a tool that kind of analyzes the trade. Um, we're also using our own brains for this to make sure that the pick swaps are reasonably fair. Um, you know, we go in order here. We go around, you know, Jace will pick, then I will pick, then Tim, and then so on. So maybe we'll try to avoid the... Uh, like me trading for my own other team and then just <laughs> doing it because in theory I'm picking for the Texans at two and then I'm picking for the Falcons at eight. I could trade with myself, but if we do choose to do that, the picks got to oh, be fair. They have to be fair. I, I think that's absolutely on the table, by the way. Yeah, we can do that as long as the compensation's okay. And again, we are just doing the first round as well. So in theory, just if the, if somebody traded a bunch of first round picks the following years and stuff... That's how it's going to happen. But yeah, I think I think trading with ourselves is okay. I think I think that works. Alrighty. Um, and just a universal rule: the goal of this week is to have Lamar Jackson still on the Ravens <laughs> by the next time we are recording. Uh, everything else, everything else is just circumstance. So, with that, uh, let's get to it, guys. Jace Evans, general manager of the Carolina Panthers, you are on the clock. I'm so excited. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers will be selecting Bryce Young, quarterback, University of Alabama. Um, we were talking a little before the show. There's increasing scuttlebutt. You know, this is the silly season, as they say. There, there, There's movement on Will Levis being the first overall pick out of nowhere um, in the betting market. Uh, there's, um, you know, we had talked about there was that clip where the Panthers seemed to tell C.J. Stroud they were going to draft him. <laughs> it indicated that, but um, by all indications, by you know the professionals who do this full time, all that stuff, uh, Bryce Young seems to be the pick. And I think, just my opinion, I do think he's personally, uh, I think he's the best quarterback in the class. He won the 2021 Heisman Trophy. Um, he's just very poised. He makes plays happen. He's money in crunch time. Um, and, uh, you know, working with an Alabama team that was actually a lot less talented uh, on the offensive side of the ball than certainly recent vintages. Their line, much worse than it had been in, you know, I think what we've come to expect from Alabama. Receivers weren't all that great, especially this past year, more specifically. Um, and he was still a really good player. And so I think if you're drafting a quarterback, which you assume the Panthers are doing after they traded up to get uh, the number one overall pick from number nine, that, that trade with the Bears. I think it's got to be a quarterback. I think it's got to be Bryce Young because I think he's the best one. Obviously, the concern is he's, he's a small lad. Uh, no one's quite sure how big he is. He's very slight, though. Um, and uh, But, you know, I think we've seen small players succeed. Maybe not quite as slim as him, but like he's probably Drew Brees' height. Russell Wilson's height, um, even though he's listed at six foot. I, I still, even with those concerns, I think he's the best quarterback. If you trade up, you're taking a QB. I think it's got to be Bryce Young. I do wish I had the problem of not being able to gain 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> frankly, I have that problem, and it's, you know. If Bryce Young had my metabolism, he'd be fine. We'll just put it that way. I, I think, I don't know. And again, like we say on, on all of these, you know, Antonio and I dabble in college football. Jace lives it. So we'll kind of we'll kind of lean on him, obviously, as, as our scouting guru here on Pod Like a Raven. But 
Bryce Young to me, and this is a comparison that a lot of people make, and I just think it's so it's perfect, and that's why I'm gonna, you know, use it here, is the Steph Curry of quarterbacks. Just sits back there, kind of makes the improvisation play when he needs to make it, but it's just a beautiful distributor of the football, man. And like might not have the elite arm strength. I think Benjamin Solak of the Ringer made a really good point that a lot of the times he's up on his tippy toes to see over his line. And because of that, he doesn't get as a lot of velocity or as much velocity behind the ball as you would like. But the dude is a gamer, man. Like any, any Alabama game I watched, you watch, you immediately watch him just fly off the tape. And the other thing for me too, cool as a cucumber too, or, or, you know, as the late great Stuart Scott would say, cool as the other side of the pillow, like just nothing phases Bryce Young. And, the, the the size is an absolute concern. It really, really is. But you know, he could he could take he could take a couple shots, and that would be it for his NFL career. And that's the risk you take in this draft. It, but it, man, if he if he turns out, sorry, Jace, if he turns out, you got yourself an absolute stud at quarterback. Yeah. And I was just going to say, what you just brought up, I think, if I had any personal complaints with him, and I think this is sort of a byproduct of watching Lamar, there were times where I was like, man, he could just gain like 10, 15 yards if he took off, because he is pretty athletic, he is pretty mobile, um, but he was always looking to make a play, and you know, that's probably good, self-preservation, especially as a smaller guy, Um, uh, but you know, if if he's even, if he, you know might have to make use of that scrambling ability more in the NFL just because you, you know, get get in danger more than you do in a college pocket, certainly. Uh, but, yeah, uh, the improvisation, uh, everything you said was just bang on. I, I, I think he's he seems like a lock for the first pick, though. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see, but I'd be kind of surprised if he's not at this point. This is releasing on Wednesday morning, and, like, as it releases, it finds out that Will Levis is going number yeah, one. Yeah, they're, like, like... They're locked in. <laughs> Confirmed. Frank Reich's like, that's my guy. <laughs> Uh, all right, and that'll do it for the mock draft. One pick, that's the only <laughs> one that we're really pretty pretty comfortable with. All right, no. Um, this is when the two. fun starts. I'm on Here the clock uh, with the L- Los Houston Texans. There's been a lot of chatter about the Texans not going QB here, even though they clearly need one, um, because they're not positive about C.J. Stroud. They're not positive about Le- Levis. They pick again at 12 uh, in the first round, so in a perfect world, they could get a top defensive player here, then take the top four QB who is left uh, at pick 12 or maybe trade up. But guess what? This isn't a perfect world, and there are no guarantees that they will have any chance to get any of them by pick 12, even if they try to move up to 10 or 9 or 8. You know what is guaranteed? That C.J. Stroud is here at pick number 2. And when push comes to shove, they take him. It's a conservative league. It's a it's a quarterback league. And when push comes to shove, this is who they go for. He's polished. He's accurate. Uh, steady pocket passer whose only knock seems to be that he doesn't make amazing plays outside of the pocket. And I'm not concerned about that. And nor are the Texans. Uh, he takes over halfway through his rookie year after Davis Mills throws his 10th interception by week 9. <laughs> and he has success with the Texans, just how much success, I think, is the the debate here. Is is he a you know bear a, a winning quarterback? Is he a playoff quarterback? Is he a pro bowler? What is the ceiling for CJ Stroud? But the Texans. 
in desperate need of stability at the quarterback position, get exactly that in C.J. Stroud. I like it. I, I think it makes the most sense for them. I, I think, personally, I think Stroud's clearly, to me, the second-best quarterback, certainly, as he proved, on the, at least on the college level. I know there's some, some people who love what Will Levis can be, the, the Josh Allen effect taking hold, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I think Stroud's the, the best, like behind Young, the best quarterback. And I mean, he lit up Georgia in that like championship or in the mm-hmm. semifinal game. I know they didn't win, but what he put forty-one points on him, right? Or forty-two? I forget exactly the final score of that game, but put a lot of points on him. And he, I thought he was a gamer, and that was one of the best games he ever had because he had a few iffy games. I think he had like seventy-seven yards against Northwestern in like a driving snowstorm, which you know. I, I, awful weather on Lake Michigan, so I you know, excuse it a little bit. But uh, for the Texans, you're playing indoors. You need something to build around. This is one of the, our most adrift franchises, so I think you have to get a quarterback, even though, as you said, the we're not taking a quarterback has cropped up, which really concerns me as a fan of a team that doesn't have their quarterback signed. Uh, <laughs> that That's kind of put me on high alert with the Texans. Um saying this this week because it, it makes it seem like thorough Lamar possibility but yeah I think Shroud it makes sense yeah it, it's it's a good I think it's a good pick uh, I you know for the sake of this just going completely nuts I kind of wish you would have <laughs> taken like a Will Anderson or you know the rumors as a as we record is that they even like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech uh, over Will Anderson um, for that kind of defensive edge position so I, I don't know I Stroud, I think Stroud is money, but also you you worry about just how good his offense was at Ohio State, and that's where it's like not not even sorry, Jace, not even like playing with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, who's going to go number one here, playing with Jameson Williams before he transferred to Alabama, but then the way they scheme that offense for him, you know, he's 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 a great quarterback but it's also step back all right make this throw to this guy he's wide open there you go keep you know how you doing keep it moving there's all these rumors about this new wonderlick test that basically grades processing which is what a quarterback needs to go from you know first read second read third read fourth read in about three seconds to, to figure out what's going apparently stroud graded the worst of the class and the guy who makes this test, and only half the leagues use it, the guy who makes the test has now come out and said, like, look, a lot of this is being taken out of context, yada, yada, yada. Basically, I think trying to protect his own test, but who knows. <laughs> There's a lot of question marks around Stroud that, you know, two weeks ago I would have said is a lock to go number one to the Panthers after the, all the McCown stuff and what have you. Uh, McCown basically being like, you're beautiful. We have to take you home. <laughs> um so yeah, but but overall, I think it's 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 a good pick there. And look, I know D'Amico Ryan's wants defense, but get your quarterback in the building, man. Like, and let's not do another season of Davis Mills. Yeah, if if uh, you kind of nailed it, Tim. If there's any concern I have, it is like the recent uh, Ohio State quarterbacks to come into the NFL. Obviously, Dwayne Haskins um, was kind of disappointed with Washington, um, and then. Justin Fields is still a giant TBD, I would say, as much as I think we like him. Um, so I think that is a real concern. And I don't even know if you mentioned Marvin Harrison, who isn't even eligible for this draft. Oh, yes. Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison Jr. Jr. is going to be Sorry. a top five pick next year. Like, right and stud. Uh, he's going to be the first receiver off the board. He's incredible. And that, that semifinal game against 
Georgia changed when Harrison went out. Like, there was no denying it. They were just less productive with him off the field. So I think they're, like like you said, the, the offense he played in is, is, I think, reason for concern, or at least, like, just kind of have your guard up a little bit. Um, um, yeah, sorry. I, I was about to say uh, if we wanted to jump into four, but I realize we are still on pick number no. three. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't you skip my first pick here because I am picking for the Arizona Cardinals, who are definitively, definitively the worst roster in the <laughs> national football yeah. league. Kyler Murray's not going to start the season because he's injured and, and, you know, Call of Duty comes out in October. <laughs> Uh, Hollywood Brown is one of their top receivers. Nuke Hopkins and Buda Baker want out. They want they want to be gone. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury hated it so much that he booked a one-way ticket to Thailand to get out of the Arizona Cardinals organization. They are a dumpster fire, and I have the pleasure of picking for them. Now, this is where we possibly have our first opportunity, gentlemen. The Arizona Cardinals need players. They need players. And... With that, you know, the easiest way to do that is to have multiple draft picks. Now, I will say that C.J. Stroud going two and leaving a couple players open at three has closed my mind a little bit on on opening this pickup for for a trade. But I'm going to open the phone line, as we do in the radio. Just open the phone line. And if anybody anybody has an enticing offer here, so if, if we go, let's... I'll just read down our list here. Jace has the Indianapolis Colts at four. Uh, Antonio has the Seahawks. I have the Lions. The Raiders, Jace has at seven. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons, Antonio has at eight. Chicago at nine, I have as well. We can say no. We can move on. And I have a solidified selection. I might even just deny you anyway because (laughs) I I have to think about it. But... Anybody, anybody calling the Cardinals here at three? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a couple of teams. I sort of ended okay. up with a couple of teams that are, are all like maybes, but I don't know if it's worth, you know, you know I kind of feel, so I have the Falcons. Really, I have the Seahawks at five. They're a maybe. They're an unlikely uh, to draft a quarterback, but it's not definitely no. Uh, I have the Falcons at eight. I think they need a quarterback very, very badly. They keep saying that they don't, so that's a maybe. I had the Titans at 11. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm slow to make the call, Tim, because I, I think okay. if I'm these GMs, I kind of want to let them come to me a little bit. The two quarterbacks that are really left on the board, I want to see if they come to me. Um, so, yeah, okay. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the phone. I'm going to a few beads of sweat come down, and then I'm going to say no. Not right now. And you know what? And with, with it should be noted, as, as a lot of people have said, and, you know, it's always, well, next year's class is really good. I remember this year's class last year was the, like, oh, just wait till <laughs> C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young come out, and now everybody's got questions about them saying, wait for Caleb Williams and Drake May. Although apparently Caleb Williams and Drake May are, like, those dudes. So maybe maybe it's teams not wanting to to risk the chance of getting them. Jace, anybody for you that you're going to maybe call – it could even be the Colts who might get a little well, scared. They might get a little nervous. That's the team I was eyeing because I had listened to a podcast, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Todd McShay. You may have heard of them. They had mentioned that the Raiders, one of my other teams, were only interested in moving up for a QB if it was Young or Stroud, I believe. With Stroud was, and with Stroud mm. now off the board, I don't know that the Colts uh, are in danger if none of Antonio's teams are trying to jump the Colts for Levis. So... Uh, I do think I'll stand by if uh, okay. it seems 
you know, safe. But I will say, if, if there's some indication that a team is sniffing around at number three for Levis, I think the Colts make a move. Uh, not to spoil my next pick. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, let I will just say so. PFF uh, on this on this mock draft thing that we have here does do teams interested in pick three. Now this changes every time you do a mock because it's all kind of based. It's it's like kind of a, it's not a random generator. They have an algorithm behind it. And you can change a bunch of the sliders, what have you. We're just doing the default stuff. But for this one, they have the Las Vegas Raiders interested in moving up. They have the New England Patriots interested in moving up. They have the Jacksonville Jaguars interested in moving up. They have the New York Giants interested in moving up. The New Orleans Saints interested in moving up. And the Baltimore Ravens interested in moving up. Why? At, uh, from twenty-two Why? to three. If you don't know, the Ravens only have five picks in this draft, and the last time I think they've never had less than that, except two thousand two, maybe, or maybe it was nineteen ninety-nine, when they only picked four or five players. The Ravens aren't trading up to three. It would be electric, but that, it would also spell the end of the. Yeah, I was gonna say so, if they're trading up yeah. to three, it's uh, your your MVP quarterback is in the trade. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. I am – I'm not going to overthink this one. I don't understand the discourse. I'm just going to read off some stats from you. As a freshman, all SEC honors, seven sacks, ten and a half tackles for loss. The next season, I lead the nation with 17 and a half sacks, 33 tackles for loss, and 82 pressures. And then this season, a down year, 17 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, 65 pressures, uh, first team All-American honors and the Bronco Nagurski Award in both seasons. It's the best linebacker prospect uh, in this draft. It is not Tyree Wilson, a guy who can't even get off the ball. It is Will Anderson. Will Anderson is an immediate impact player. Now, him going to the Cardinals is annoying because we're never going to watch him again. <laughs> like We're just never going to see him play again. But another dude who every time – and I, no, I didn't just watch Alabama. But every time I watched college football and I watched an Alabama game, you're watching 31 on the field. The dude is an absolute game wrecker. And I, I've, I've been hearing this point as well, which I think is interesting. I think a lot of people, because he was so good two years ago, when it was like the wait for the Will Anderson draft, and he dipped very slightly this season, he gets dinged for still being really, really good. <laughs> And so I think Will Anderson should be a shoe in. I think if he drops, if he drops past three, teams should be immediately calling the Colts to see if they can get up there and take Will Anderson. I think the dude is is the best prospect in this draft, and it's it's almost crazy that the two quarterbacks at the most premium position in in American sports. It's almost crazy that both of them went before Will Anderson. I think he's that good compared to everybody else in this draft. Yeah, I, I think if he's still there at three, I think it's kind of a layup for the Cardinals. I, I, yeah, I was never, I was never going to answer a call from anybody <laughs> but the Colts. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, 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 I don't like. He's so good. Uh, he's like one of the first Alab. I think he's the first unanimous two-time All-American for Alabama. Like both years, unanimous. Like. It's Alabama, and he's, like, one of the best players they've ever had uh, from that regard. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's awesome. Uh, he's just – can just take over a game. And for a Cardinals team that needs literally everything, and pass rush uh, certainly on the short list, I think it's good. Uh, since I stood pat and I kind of revealed it, we're taking Will Levis with the Colts at number four. Um, they seem to love him uh, by all accounts, and – um, they've, they've made clear they want to get a quarterback. Um, 
You know, I mean, maybe you're tantalized by uh, the potential of Anthony Richardson, and I'm fascinated to see where he goes because I truly don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, I think Levis is probably safer, even though I'm not in love with him necessarily, I think. But I didn't love Josh Allen coming out. But, you know, this is who this guy keeps getting compared to. Athletic dude, huge arm, um, issues <laughs> with accuracy at times. And uh, But uh, the Colts have yeah made it very clear they want a young quarterback. And I don't know, if, if you think Richardson's too much of a project and you're a GM like Chris Ballard who's like, I need to win kind of soon or I'm going to get fired, I could see Levis being kind of a safer pick in that regard. So... I think he ends up going with the Colts. They seem to love him, and it just uh, if the draft plays out this way, and they can just stick there and pick him, I think they do it. I think it's interesting for the Colts. I like. I take Richardson over over Levis. And Levis had a really good year in a pro system with a bunch of NFL caliber weapons, and then this past season he was hurt. He lost a lot of guys, offensive linemen, receivers to the NFL draft. And lost his offensive coordinator and then apparently got an offensive coordinator who nobody in the media likes based on any podcast I've listened to about the draft. Um, and he fell off a cliff a little bit. There's also um, concerns that he's too jocked, that he, <laughs> that he has too many muscles now and that he's losing a little bit of flexibility because of that. Um, I will just – and I forgot to do some of these as we went early, uh, but I'm going to keep using these. So Danny Kelly from The Ringer does a draft guide and has – he does shades of like who this person kind of reminds him of, which are always really funny. Like, and there's going to be some, trust me, that I'm going to shout out when I think they're hilarious. <coughs> but for, but for Levis, he simply has shades of Ryan Tannehill, which is fine. But is it the fourth overall pick for a team that like needs a game changer there? I, look, if I'm the, if I'm Colts fans and look, I, I never want this to happen as a Ravens fan. The, the Ursays can, do things that I can't say on this family show and the Colts I hope are forever mediocre. So they never get better, never get worse. They're just, eh. um, that should be the team going for Lamar Jackson dome team, fourth overall pick. Just do it. Why they haven't. I don't know. Uh, but now they end up with Levis and I think, I don't know if I'm a Colts fan, man, I'm just kind of like, eh, about the move. I'm, I'm, and I, for the fourth overall pick, the number four pick, you should be feeling better than it. Eh. All right, with pick five, I am on the clock for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the Seahawks basically mm. can go in two, well, three directions. Direction one, they can trade back. Boring. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> direction number two. Damn, all right. They can get help on defense anywhere, basically. They were bottom five last year against the run. They were bottom five last year against the pass. They need help on the edge. They need help at corner. Option three is they have a nice caretaker quarterback who just, I believe, won comeback player of the year, led the Seahawks to the postseason. It's very, right? Or just shot. Yeah, in the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, No, they made the the postseason. Um, Because it was almost the Lions. It was almost (laughs) the Lions who have the next pick. That's right. That's right. Um, the feelings are all nice and cozy. Geno Smith's got this nice extension. It's a three-year deal, but it's not really a three-year deal. So they're they're eyeing Anthony Richardson at five, being able to just tuck him away 
for a year, let him learn, let him develop, um, and then when he's ready to be unleashed, Gino, thank you so much for, for all the things that you've done. We're ready to, uh, to move on with Anthony Richardson. Richardson would look so good in a Seahawks uniform, all the different oh. jersey colors that they have and all those looks. And yet, I think they choose option number two. I, I have the Seahawks inevitably going for the need to add talent defensively. Pete Carroll, he, he's, in a, he's in a win now mode. He, he's not getting any younger. Uh, he's going to roll with Geno and try to address the liabilities that they have had defensively. Um, and it's the big fella up front. It's Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Has been mocked as high as, well, I should say ranked as high as the top player in the draft. He's been ranked a lot lower. Um, had the legal issue with the reckless driving um, and his role in the uh, car accident a few months ago that was, I mean, he didn't cause the accident himself, but um, another vehicle that he may or may not have been racing, you know, the other vehicle crashed, and, and obviously hor- horrible um, consequences happened there with the death of a, a former Georgia teammate and recruiting staffer. So the legal issues are there a little bit, but um, the Seahawks, n- not a team to red flag that too much, uh, in, in my opinion, and, and based on a little bit of their track record. And he's clearly a super talent. Uh, I think they deal with the legal things, and they take a guy that could have been the best talent in the draft, and they get him at five and improve improve the defense. I mean, yeah. No, the other, out of like the just pure top-tier gamers – in this draft, it's Will Anderson, it's Bryce Young, and it's Jalen Carter. The dude is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm going to just keep referencing the Danny Kelly scouting reports because I can only have so many tabs open. Um, he does, like, the why he could rise, why he could fall, and the why he could fall was he never posted elite sack numbers. I don't know. I'm reaching here. Like, outside of the legal stuff, the dude is a home run hit. I'll tell you what. If he slipped past you at five, he wasn't getting past six. Well, with the Detroit Lions, uh, who I have with the next selection. So, yeah, I just think it's a risk because, you know, everybody in the organization at Georgia, which they're going to G up their own guys, of course, says that he's not a problem child. It, w- it was a mistake and all that stuff. But the combination of the, the legal issues that come out during the combine and then, and then the bad pro day took Jalen Carter from a dude who was maybe going number one if the Bears kept the pick to eh, top 10 maybe or like or like nine was his floor with the bears again um there are a little bit of question marks but the talent is certainly there and i mean man like if he if he if he hits that defensive line gets an instant improvement yeah that that's what excites me from that is it just feels like a good fit i I mean i think he's nasty i think he's just such a good player and 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 maybe, like, even Jordan Davis was, like, so just dominant for them. But Carter might be, like, even more versatile um, than Davis was, certainly. And I think has the potential to have a probably better career. Jalen Carter, last two seasons. 15 and a half tackles for loss. Six sacks. And 66 pressures. <laughs> That seems like a lot. <laughs> and this is coming from a, uh, Antonio, a Georgia team that, like, didn't have to play start, like, 
starters all that deep, like heavy line rotations because it's just five star after five star after five star. Like I said, it was like, you know, uh, just two years or yeah, last year's draft, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt go in the first round, Georgia defensive tackles. Like Jalen Carter was playing with and behind them. So, so it's like he has that production and like not even that many snaps really, like relative to like some of these guys. All right. Well, top five picks here. Bryce Young going number one to the Panthers. Uh, CJ Stroud, number two to the Texans. Number three is Will Anderson to the Cardinals. Number four, Will Levis to the Colts. And number five, Jalen Carter to the Seattle Seahawks. I am up at number six with the fighting Dan Campbells. This year is the Lions year. They are the favorites to win the NFC North over the Vikings, over the Packers, over the, oh no, help me. Uh, who's the other team in the NFC? The Bears. Uh, yeah, which obviously their favorites are the Bears. Sorry, Bears fans. Um, they only need a few more pieces. Dan Campbell, and I, uh, apologies, I can't remember the GM's name, have done an incredible job rebuilding this Lions team to the point where people are believing in the Lions. And so I don't really know where to go here. I, I will admit, there were some issues with um, there were some issues with uh, gambling that, that like the likes of Jamison Williams, the star wide receiver who they took last year, has been suspended for the first six games. Some other guys got suspended for the year. Some some lower level guys. Their defense was horrendous. Um, they really need some help at, at almost every level. There, a Tyree Wilson to pair with Aiden Hutchinson is intriguing for me. You know, Jalen Carter would have been a would have been a home run hit. Either of the two corners, Devin uh, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon just seems like a Dan Campbell player. You know, we were talking off air, and this is another again. I'll pull it up because it's a brilliant Danny Kelly comparison. And I think he's dead right. Jair Alexander physically, Cam Chancellor spiritually. The dude just wants to knock your block off and talk trash. He's like Marcus Peters if Marcus Peters knew how to tackle. Um, <laughs> He's, he's an Illinois guy. He's, he's like, around that area. <sighs> well, t- I just have to propose something, Tim. Ooh. Yes. Oh, well, phone's ringing. Propose. Somebody answer the phone. <laughs> it's more of a hypothetical, nothing definitive. Does a team make a move for Anthony Richardson with the Lions? Is this the spot? Are the Falcons moving Does up? T- Are the Raiders moving up? And I'm not sure the Are... Raiders want <laughs> Anthony Richardson, but... Also, maybe they, they do, and that's why the reports are they only have interest in the two QBs. Their quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo, in case we forgot. I have another one for you. And it might not be for Richardson, but it might be for a quarterback if it doesn't fall the way we think. Are the Buccaneers moving up? Ooh. Their starting quarterback is Baker Mayfield at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, or uh, the kid from Kyle Trask <laughs> yeah. from Florida. I'll leave it open. So the next couple of picks that need quarterbacks here, just quickly, Raiders at seven, as Jace mentioned, uh, the Falcons at eight, as Antonio mentioned, or as Antonio has, excuse me. Uh, let's see, Eagles don't. The Titans at eleven, another team that Antonio has here in his. Uh, maybe the Green Bay Packers, although I don't think that's where they're going to go with the Jordan Love era coming in. Uh, the Commanders at sixteen. Could be another team there. New owner want to make a splash, but they seem to be kind of all in on Sam Howell <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, and that probably is it from there, unless, you know, the Seahawks went crazy and we're like, we'll just go trade up to six now after 20. 
Uh, I'll put it here for you guys if you want to have a look. Uh, based on the mock draft we're doing right now currently, the team's interested in moving up uh, to this sixth overall pick with the Detroit Lions or the Atlanta Falcons, as we mentioned. The Chicago Bears, the Green Bay Packers, the Washington Commanders. Man, I'm pretty good at this. Pittsburgh Steelers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then maybe the Kansas City Chiefs just to take Bijan and screw us all. <laughs> um, anybody interested? Anybody interested? You can just you can just shake the head and we can move on. Well, as a Raiders guy, I might be sitting tight if uh, I know the Lions are still on the clock and taking a defensive player. <laughs> okay. Well, Josh McDaniels just screwed up again. I'm taking Anthony Richardson with the 6th overall pick and the Detroit Lions. I was was doing it before. I didn't want to give anything away. (laughs) I think I I love Witherspoon. I love Christian Gonzalez based on just like hearing, you know, the opinions of the smart people. This is how we do this. I think there's corners later in this draft that you can get that can make an impact. Jalen Carter is gone. Will Anderson is gone. The two real, real solid, you know, with with Carter's stance, obviously, off the field stuff is an issue, but on the field, solid, solid top guys. And so I'm saying, you know what, Jared Goff? Time to poop or get off the pot. You know what I mean? Like, this, this is it. This is it here. And if you're not the guy, we've got Anthony Richardson waiting in the wings to possibly take over an offense with the likes of Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift and Jamison Williams in the next couple of years. I'm taking my guy. The Lions aren't going to be bad enough to get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Give me my Jared Goff replacement and successor to maybe take this team to the next level. Anthony Richardson, number six to the Lions. I love this. Tim, I, mean, I love this so much. I hate it. Yeah. I yeah. love this so much. I hate it. It's the perfect. It's a perfect spot. Give him a year. Let him settle in. Nobody. I, they don't love Goff. They'll get over it. No. I really, like, look, I really wanted to go double defense because I have the Lions again at 18 and take, like, a corner and then take, like, another just big, mean lineman and just go full biting kneecaps Dan Campbell. But I, this team, these, these guys, and Dan Campbell, you know, has the meathead persona and all this stuff. They have shown that they know how to build and develop a roster. And this is just the next step in that, getting that quarterback that they think the most athletic quarterback in the history of the National Football League. The history of the National Football League. Bring that guy in. Give him a year to develop. He clearly has some things he has to work on. And, you know, coming into next year, baby, you're rolling. Well, that- you're rolling You're rolling with, a, like, basically more athletic Lamar Jackson slash Cam Newton. That, that's what I love about this pick is just um, that, like, yeah, Jared Goff is a good player. Like, he's not great, but that's the thing. It's like... He could play for a year, and he'll be fine. They nearly made the playoffs with him last year. But, yeah, if R- Richardson, if he hits, he could be really, really special. Because, like you said, I mean, it's, it's in how he moves at that size. It's like, it's almost like, it, you know, I think Lamar's probably still in a class of his own. But it is like, with Richardson, it's almost like, hey, what if we made a guy as fast as Lamar Jackson, but, like, made him, like, three inches taller and, like, 50 pounds heavier. And also he can Huge. throw even yeah. farther. Like, his athletic attributes are, like, insane. So, that's... I did not see that coming, but I love that pick. Um, From a Ravens perspective, just, you know, pot like a Raven check-in. If this happens, I'm going to get indigestion because that just means there's so many teams left 
who don't have any of the top four quarterbacks who now are maybe going going fishing a little yeah. bit in uh, in the waters of the Chesapeake Bay. So that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would that would not be yeah, ideal for us. Falcons scare me a little in <laughs> that scenario. Um, so I'm up, right? Is it Raiders on the clock now? Yes. Um, yeah, you are the Las Vegas Raiders with the number seven pick, who now are kind of like, what the hell? What did we just do? Although <laughs> it'd be maybe such a McDaniel's in, thing too. <laughs> yep, they believe in Jimmy Garoppolo though, apparently. And the Raiders need a lot, <laughs> so it's hard to know where they'll go. Their defense has been awful forever, so. You know, I'm thinking maybe potentially a uh, DB, but I've mocked him to them every time. It seems like a Josh McDaniels guy. I'm giving him uh, Peter Skoronsky, the offensive tackle Ugh. out of Northwestern. Um, he's been my guy every time I've done a mock for them. Uh, the grandson of Bob Skoronsky, who was the Packers' left tackle for all those Lombardi championship teams. He's got the pedigree. Northwestern guy, We so we know he's smart. He was literally the guy who became, like, the left tackle like, after Rayshon Slater. So they kind of have a decent run in this. I think he's just going to be a pretty solid player. They obviously whiffed horribly with Alex Leatherwood uh, two years ago when that was. Um, and so outside of, uh, is it Colton Miller, right? Their left tackle. Outside of him, uh, they have almost no one good on the offensive line. And so uh, it's been a, a real weak area for the Raiders. So I, I think if they could get Skaronsky, kind of solidify that right tackle spot, probably their left tackle in the future. Seems like just a Josh McDaniels pick, sort of a building block, um, you know. And But I, would I be surprised if they went with DB in this scenario, either Witherspoon or, uh, excuse me, Gonzalez? I wouldn't. But I'm just going with the tackle. It's it, especially because um, I think we'll find, and I'm sure you guys have discovered in our research, pretty low tackle draft. Not a ton, not a ton yeah. of depth on the lines. I feel like like in recent years. So I think Skaronsky's probably the best of the bunch. And uh, yeah, uh, that's my pick for the Raiders. Not too much to add here. I'll just say like every every mock that I was doing, and I was picking just like my teams, just like Jace was. Skaronsky fell to nine, and I was just—it was just plug and play with the Bears. So, I'm, I'm scrambling a little bit based on based on that selection. All right, I'm up at pick eight with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, if I'm a Falcons fan, I'm probably a little upset at this point in time. No trades up, uh, which I was considering to to get a quarterback. Um, their current quarterback situation is Desmond Ritter and. Taylor Heineke. Um, If I were the GM, I would think they needed to improve on the quarterback position. Because I don't think either of those two guys are the answer. Um, But it kind of appears, for what everything that's coming out from Atlanta, is that the strategy here is give Ritter a chance, I guess. Uh, And if he flops, then Heineke can be the definition of average quarterback replacement. Um, But Heineke is so good that QB needy, wa- needy, QB needy Washington, let him go. Um, so I'm a little confused by that. Uh, Ritter is a third-round pick who didn't exactly flash as a rookie but only played in four games, to be fair. I feel like I have a negative like grade for him because I watched him play the Ravens and really, really struggle for, for long stretches of that game, look like a rookie. But he's played four games, so you know I guess he needs some time. Um 
With all four of those quarterbacks gone anyway, they decide to give Ritter that chance and address their other gigantic need, which is pass rush. Um, this is straight from uh, straight from the ringer, as Tim has been referencing. More than half the teams in the NFL had 40 or more sacks last year. The Falcons have fewer than 40 sacks in the last two years combined. Yeah, they tough. need pass rush. They need sacks. And there's a guy who kind of, I guess, has fallen to them at eight. Another player who's been mocked all over the place, and it's Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. Um, I have seen him significantly higher than this. I've seen him significantly lower. The Falcons need pass rush um, with a few of the other guys all off the board at this point. I think they're kind of happy to take Tyree Wilson uh, out of Texas Tech. Seven sacks last year, 61 tackles. Does everything well, and then has the upside as as a pass rusher, um, yeah. And 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 Atlanta kind of addresses one of their issues, and then will probably next year have to have to address the much bigger one at quarterback. The quarterback thing with them so baffling. Like Arthur Blank, even because I, I was thinking, I was like, could they be a candidate to sign Lamar to an offer sheet after the draft? Which I think maybe some teams are doing, where they're just like, hey, we don't want to give up a top ten pick, but like we'll take the. We'll sign Lamar after whatever. But either Arthur Blank came out and was like, yeah, we didn't, like, basically, we don't want to do guaranteed contracts. And it's like, well, it seems like they're out. So, yeah, I don't know what they're doing. But I like the Tyree Wilson pick. I think, um, you know, he he should be, like, as you said, a player they need and one of the best available at that position. So uh, I I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, just a, a physical freak, too, and... If he can figure it all out, that's a dude that, you know, as of recording, is being linked to be the number two overall pick. So you get him at eight and address your biggest need, I think, is interesting there. All right. As I mentioned here with, with myself here, I'm a, I'm a pick number nine. And Skaronsky's off the board with the Chicago Bears, I should mention, who had the number one overall pick. They traded it uh, to the uh, Carolina Panthers. They ended up getting DJ Moore and a bunch of other stuff in that dra- uh, in that trade as well. And the Bears need a lot of help. They do. The you know defense can be a bit of an issue. The secondary, we're at pick nine, and neither Devin Witherspoon nor Christian Gonzalez have gone, which is pretty. It's pretty interesting. But now, and and feel free to stop me, anybody, if you want to ring the phone. Uh, there's one trade interested. The Kansas City Chiefs, the only team apparently interested right now. But if but if you guys are interested on your own, we can make that happen as well. The Chicago Bears have to protect Justin Fields. They have to give him an opportunity to to be the guy. Yeah, they've they've got him some receiver help. Chase Claypool, they got for basically a first round pick because of the the Miami forfeited pick. Um, they have they have DJ Moore, who they just got as well. So as as tempting as a Christian Gonzalez or a Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, just keep him in Chicago. Uh, and Keatman State, I should say, is I'm going to go with Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle out of Ohio State. Uh, big physical freak, was one of the linchpins on that offense that was just so, so dominant uh, in college football last year. He allowed one sack and seven pressures last season. Uh, you know, there, and as Jace mentioned before, it's a light tackle draft. There's probably, I'm going to guess there's like two more guys that go in this mock that we're doing tonight, maybe one more. And 
there's a lot of corners. There's a lot of corners, and none of them have been taken yet. I think that they continue to wait. Skaronsky's not there. Obviously, it all depends on how they grade these guys, what have you. Paris Johnson Jr., I think we take it nine. I will mention there was a report from Mike Garofolo from NFL Network that Kyler Murray is a big fan of Paris Johnson Jr. and has tried to has tried to basically edge the the Cardinals into taking him. Why you would listen to Kyler Murray after you literally had to put a stop playing video games clause into his contract, <laughs> I don't know. But there there is that there where he might not even be here at nine. But for for the sake of our mock, Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle out of Ohio State, goes to the Chicago Bears. Good player. I like him. Um oh. So we're at number 10, and I have to ask, because the Eagles are certainly, I think, a team more than content to trade down. So is there anyone who's interested in trading up for one of these corners? (laughs) Mm. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, So we'll we'll go through here. The couple picks we have after the Eagles here. The Titans sitting at 11, uh, Antonio's team. The Houston Texans. Uh, are at 12. I'm going to be picking for them. The Green Bay Packers is Jace. Uh, New England Patriots, Antonio again. I am the Jets as well, the Washington Commanders. And you know what? It is it is interested as well. And I'm going to do it basically to leapfrog the Tennessee Titans. The New York Jets nice. are interested in trading up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, obviously, the Jets... Uh, just made the trade for Aaron Rodgers, so they had 13. They went back to 15, and if you don't mind, uh, Mr. Howie Roseman and I don't even know who the Jets, Joe Douglas. This is this is the ridiculous stuff I have. I shouldn't know these names, of these people. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna tr- if you if we can make this work, we'll do the 10th trade for the 15th, and then we have to throw in some compensation here as well. Here you can have uh, you can have the 143rd pick. There you go. How about that? Sounds good. Done. All right, so the New York Jets are now on the board at number 10. They've moved back up, uh, moved back up here. And they, another team that has a couple of needs, but a team that, like the, the team I just picked out at nine, a team that has to protect their quarterback. And so we're going to go tackle again, and I'm going to go with the Tennessee tackle, Darnell Wright. Big dude, uh, basically a very, very solid right tackle. They have Dwayne Brown and Makai Becton right now. Dwayne Brown's like 100 years <laughs> old. And Makai Becton, based on his injury history, is about 95. <laughs> so they get a tackle who can immediately play right away at right tackle. You could maybe might be able to move him over to the left. Uh, mean, nasty type of player and a guy that hopefully can protect Rodgers. Uh, you know, a weapon was tempting here, a Jackson Smith and Jigba, but Rodgers hates rookies, so probably wasn't going to do that anyway. So let's let's go with the tackle. Address that need before the run is over. Because again, you know, Skaronsky going early forced my hand here. Skaronsky going early, and then Paris Johnson Jr. Joe Douglas got a little nervous. He trades up. He gets Darnell Wright uh, with the tenth pick, and now the Eagles have the fifteenth pick. Yeah, if if I'm uh, the Titans on the clock now at eleven, I'm I'm not happy because. This is another team that had a few different ways to go, and a, a lot of their players that they had uh, ranked highly are, are all gone. But this is what I get for not moving up uh, out of that 11 spot and trying to draft. This is another team that's kind of halfway between a full rebuild, but they're not fully dead yet. They still have Tannehill. They still have Derrick Henry. Um, they're in between desperately needing a QB versus... Wanting a new QB to build around. 
Um, but with Tannehill having one year left on his deal, I was interested with Richardson for this team, to be honest. The Tannehill having one year on his deal seemed like the perfect little bridge. Um, you know, you try to run it back one more time with Tannehill and Henry, and then if whatever, you do what you do. And you have Richardson in the background trying to develop, and then you let Tannehill, you say thank you very much, um, and then have Richardson come in. But you can't do that because Richardson is off the board. So the next move was going to be to the offensive line, looking to get some tackles. But there's been a run on on tackles, and the Titans weren't a part of it. So they can't do that. Um, I have some thoughts at wide receiver for this team. Uh, their wide receiver room rivaled the Ravens' room <laughs> last year, which is a which is a bad thing, a very bad thing. Their leading receiver, Robert Woods, is now gone. Um, last year's first round pick, Traylon Burks, still a question mark. He was banged up the large parts of his rookie year, so they could go wide receiver. I don't think they end up doing that back to back years in the first round. Um, and with these tackles off the board i think uh, they just do the you know what there's a guy that's fallen into our lap and we're taking him uh he should have been gone a long time ago he's still there it's devin witherspoon out of illinois um he's gone to the titans i have some some stats on witherspoon that are downright shocking um he allowed 16 receptions on 54 targets as the primary <laughs> defender last season Jesus. he gave up 3.3 yards per attempt and zero touchdowns while breaking up 14 passes and intercepting three. That seems pretty dominant. Um, (laughs) And I get him outside of the top 10 without having to trade up or any of that stuff. Best player available, and I'm the Titans, and I'm thrilled. And when they inevitably stink next season, (laughs) um, this was the team that famously started the season 7-3 and and then lost out. Um, you know, we might see more of the same next year. They could be in contention for a quarterback next year with Tannehill uh, having finished his deal. But as this has played out, I think they get a Pro Bowl caliber player, um, but maybe didn't address, uh, you know, some direct needs. Do we think they could be moving Henry this week? That's kind of been floating it's out been rumored. It's been rumored that he's an eagle, which is just crazy. I think it's there. I th- I think this team they they fired their GM. They basically gave full control to Vrabel and the new guy. I don't I don't know who the new GM's name is. Um, and Vrabel basically all the reports were that he won a power struggle with John Robinson, who was the former GM. And I think they could be a total rebuild team. Like I think this is a team that could be a hundred percent like Henry gone, Tannehill gone. Let's just. You can't sit in mediocrity. Let's figure this out. Maybe we're talking about them getting Caleb Williams next year or something like that. Absolutely. But that being said, I do love the Witherspoon pick. He probably should have been off the board already. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, the fact that he's there. Yeah. And, and they've had some misses on DBs. They kind of took, like, like Caleb, was it Caleb Fairley, right? They've taken some risks on guys mm-hmm. with injury histories at that position, and it hasn't worked out. They kind of just need a stud. So I like that pick a lot. All right, well, I'm the, the 12th pick uh, with the Houston Texans. Now, Antonio picked for them earlier, so I kind of have to go on what he did. He picked C.J. Stroud. Now, is anybody ringing the phone for a Christian Gonzalez? Is anybody ringing the phone for a Bijan Robinson? Is anybody ringing the phone for a Jackson Smith and Jigba, a Nolan Smith? There are a lot of good players here. We have uh, the Packers is, is the pick behind them, Jace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Antonio is the New England Patriots at 14, a team just like the Ravens that doesn't typically trade up. The Commanders at 16, the Steelers at 17. The Lions could get back into this race at 18 as well. Um, obviously, we don't have to go off of these, but the the interested parties, quote-unquote, are the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Chiefs a bit later in the draft as well. Does anybody want to throw their hand in the ring, uh, for lack of a better term, because that was the wrong term anyway, I'm not going to say which team it is, but I, I do have a team or two that is, uh, you know, their hand like is over the phone, but I think good they're... Good strategy. Good strategy here. Can we take a but look I at... think they're still... They're giving up too much at this point still to, to move up to to move up to twelve, so they're staying pat for the for the time being. Can I can I see the wide receiver situation, Tim? Yes, the wide receivers here. Uh, no wide receivers have been taken yet. So your likely first rounders are Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnson, Zay Flowers are kind of the guys who mu- probably might be going number uh, in the first round, I should say. If you're interested, I think the Packers are interested in a trade at this spot. In a flip. Okay, interesting. Mm. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Let's have some fun. Why not? So the Packers are going to move up uh, to this, and I will take whatever. We're not doing – we're not doing – there we go. Bang. So we'll just flip it. Basically, I have to control the for the people that are listening. I have to control like the compensation, but we're only doing the first round, so it doesn't necessarily matter. We'll just assume that the Texans are interested in getting another pick as well to move down one slot. So now, Jace, you are on the clock at twelve with the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers are selecting Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, which is hilarious from Ohio State. I wasn't sure if I I had no. Tim, Tim threw me for such a loop with the Lions pick. <laughs> I, I couldn't trust. I'm in his head. I'm in I his head. I couldn't trust that Smith and Jigwa would be there, but I think he's probably from. I think he's the best receiver in this class. I know there were injury issues, but I think he would. Him and Christian Watson, like they they make just a good pairing for Jordan Love. Give him some weapons, and I think you know. Maybe I'm more optimistic on Jordan Love than most. I think he showed at least small flashes and admittedly mostly cleanup duty last year. Um, but he had a few bright moments. I think the Packers, as bad as the NFC is, if their Vikings have regression, which I think is very possible, and certainly the Lions, I think, as Tim, I think, said, probably the favorites to win that division. But I think the Packers could be more competitive than people think next year. And I think, you know, it's very funny. I believe... I don't remember if they did it last year, but didn't they never draft Rodgers a receiver in the They've first never, round? They have never <laughs> drafted Rodgers a receiver in the first round. The last guy they drafted in the first round was Javon Walker in 2002, I believe. <laughs> so it would be very funny yeah, for Rodgers to leave and them immediately do it, but I think it just sets them up for success. And like I said, I might have been able to just stick at 13, but I didn't, tr- I didn't trust. I didn't trust, and I, I wanted the best receiver for Jordan Love. So I think that's the pick. Uh, actually, oh yeah, Javon Walker. That's what that's what it was. I just had to double check that. You made a good call because I was going to pair college teammates C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigbit together, but I had I had a couple people in the mix, so I decided, you know, get the asset, go down. All these guys are graded relatively similar on my board. Um, all right, thirteenth pick. I am still here with the Houston Texans. Is anybody interested in making a deal? I'm wheeling and dealing as the Houston Texans here at Nick Casario. What I find interesting is that when it's uh, the recommended trades on the PFF website we're using here, 
They're all Antonio teams. The Seattle Seahawks at 20, the Vikings at 23, the Cowboys at 26, and the Saints at 29. Now, I don't know if I'd be willing to go down seven spots, but uh, I have myself with the Eagles uh, at 15, and I have the Patriots there at 14. I'm trying to think here. Ooh. I might I might be trading with myself here with the with the Eagles here at fifteen. I, Wait, would, I wouldn't I make the pick? Oh no, sorry. Yeah. Who who is the Eagles? I'm not the Eagles. Jace, you're the Eagles. Sorry. I, I have the Eagles later in the draft. That's why I have the Eagles at thirty. That's why I was confused. All right. Well, then I'm unless you want unless you're interested, I am just going to make a selection. I, I think you can make a pick. Uh, I'm okay. I think the Eagles are fine sitting tight here for now. Okay. All right. I'm going to go Christian Gonzalez. He's fallen too far. The cornerback out of Oregon. Uh, Antonio's shaking his head because that was going to be his the typical Patriots, typical Ravens. How did that guy fall to this spot pick? Um, incredibly rangy athlete type of guy. For Witherspoon is your you know, hard-nosed hitter. Gonzalez is the athlete. And guess what? I know they picked Derek Stingley last year. But now you have Derek Stingley and Christian Gonzalez as your top two corners. Both those guys turn out. It's going to be very, very difficult to pass the ball on you. That's that's two elite corners if they both turn out. Give me Christian Gonzalez, uh, who the it had to stop. It had to stop. He was falling way, way too far, uh, and so I have him at thirteen to the Texans. That's frustrating. Uh, it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it to you twice, Antonio. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bill's, uh, you know, the laptop has fallen off the table at this point. That's all he has on the table. It's just a laptop and a blank tape, so there's nothing else to throw. Um, he was never going to give up draft picks to move up one slot, uh, but he would have felt he would have felt pretty good about that. The Patriots, boy, it's tough to mock with them because they could do literally anything, um, as strange. we saw as we saw last year and other years. I had them looking at needs being offensive tackle and cornerback, and boy, have there been a run on both of those positions right in front of them. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is a guy who's left, but I think that's a bit of a reach at this point. Um, Honestly, I could see them trading back. If this is the exact situation, I could see them trading back to to get more picks. But I'm going to do something else instead. Um... And I'm trying to pull it, pull up some, some details on this player. Uh, so we need the, um, like elevator, elevator music to play as I pull this up. Thank you very much. Make sure I have this right. Bill Belichick got <laughs> flustered, and now he does not know what That's to right. do. Okay. Do 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 do. Okay. The Patriots. They need help at quarterback, realistically, but that's not that's not going to happen at this point. In I time. thought if you were going Hendon Hooker at fourteen, that <laughs> would have just been like, which could happen, Tim. Could happen. Could happen. Absolutely, um, could happen. They need some help long term uh, on the offensive line, but they addressed it at least a little bit with uh, with Trent Brown and Riley Reef at the tackle positions. Instead, they're just going to take a guy that could be amazing. We could could be mediocre. Who knows? But he's going to terrorize teams at least when the pick is made because the defense get excuse me the Patriots defense gets more talent up front it's Nolan Smith edge out of Georgia um sort of the bit of a wild card of this draft super talented is he undersized is he gonna fly by offensive linemen or is he gonna get blown up by them um the comps Hassan Reddick 
uh, is one. And the uh, more recent one, Micah Parsons. And that's the one that the Patriots want to get with this pick. Um, I think they develop Nolan Smith. They put him in exactly the right positions to eliminate the size issues. And I think he ends up being a really good player for, for, the, for the Patriots, annoyingly so. Um, so it's Nolan Smith at 14. Just quickly here, Jace, just a guy that doesn't play at his size either. He is a hard-nosed, mean footballer, a dude you want playing on your defensive side of the ball. Doesn't wear gloves, which is always <laughs> awesome. Um, and, like, yeah, undersized, but you would never know based on the tape. And then was incredible at the combine. Like, was running faster than Stefan Diggs did at the combine. <laughs> like, running faster than wide receivers at the combine. So... Look, another guy that I was kind of – I was thinking about him for the Texans as well. You know, I just – I went Gonzalez over Smith. But I, I think – Dolan Smith is one of those guys, if the size is an issue and he's sitting there at 22 for the Ravens, I'm – based on who's there, obviously. I'm screaming at the television to bring that dude in because he's a mean, nasty defender, and that's what you want. Yeah, I was right there. If he's still there at 22, I think he should be the pick for the Ravens. Uh, I think they should run up to the podium. I was also considering him with this Eagles pick. I have traded down to. Um, uh, but um, in Nolan Smith, we should also say, was the number one overall recruit coming out of high school. Very talented, obviously. As we said, his crowdbine was off the charts. But for the Eagles, it's Bijan time. Bijan Robinson, oh, running back, University of Texas. Um, I considered taking him at 10, but I figured I could trade down because we had some good players on the board and I couldn't see other teams taking him. The Eagles, yes, they added Rashad Penny, but they let Miles Sanders go. Um, they loved to run the ball. And pretty much everyone's like, yeah, Bijan's the best football player in the draft, but he's going to go like, you know, 20th. And you're like, what? <laughs> It's just a weird area of the world we're in, the time we're in with football, where, like, everyone is, like, pretty much universally, like, yeah, he's one of, like, the five best players in this draft. I mean, his PFF rank was eighth, and the Eagles just took him 15th. Um, and that's low, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PFF has a that's, lower. That's the nerds at PFF rating him lower because he's a the, Bijan in, like... Even 10 to 15 years ago, Bijan's a top five pick, um, I think. And so the Eagles love to run, and, you know, they're the defending NFC champs. I think they have the luxury of, obviously, I think they have a second pick, right, coming up. Um, so they, like, they have a luxury, and I, I think, obviously, you're adding, it's kind of a luxury pick, but I think with Nolan Smith off the board, I'm not in love with others. I said they just end up taking, like, the best, the single best running back that's come out since Saquon. Um is what Bijan is in everyone's mind. And he's awesome. I, he's, so, he's so fun to watch. He's so explosive. He's so dynamic. Uh, he's like a great pass catcher too. Uh, and yeah, I think just think he'd work really nicely in that Eagles offense. And they don't have a ton of other needs. Obviously, you could always take an offensive lineman or a cornerback. If if one of the corners had fallen, I like if Gonzalez had kept falling, I think the Eagles would obviously take him there. But yeah, I think for at 15 in our scenario, I think Bijan... And I, I, I have nothing bad to say about him because I think he's just a great player. So I want to take you quickly into the uh, Dallas Cowboys war room. <laughs> we are, we're live with Jerry Jones. Go, 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 no, man, no. Uh, I had the Cowboys monitoring the situation on Bijan for a while, and it kind of, the, the draft didn't really play out 
very well for them. Because if the Eagles stay... Well, we had them at 10. Yeah. Was that their original pick? If they're at 10, they don't take Bijan because they, their pick is too strong. So the value calculation doesn't make sense. So then maybe Bijan falls beyond 15. But because the Eagles moved back to 15, now the value makes a little bit more sense. Anyway... The Cowboys at 26 were not going to trade into the top 10 to then draft a running back. That was too much negative value, so they couldn't go that far. But if he fell to the te- like late teens, where it's you know where they're tra- they're moving up seven eight spots, uh, and the the extra capital they have to give up to move wouldn't be so bad. They would have really done it. I, I would have waited maybe another couple of picks uh, and then jumped in. Maybe even with the Steelers or, um, yeah, probably the Steelers would have been a good spot because then you're jumping in front of the Lions who could certainly use uh, a talent like that in the backfield. So would have happened, but it's, t- you know, this is this is how this is how it goes. Um, and the Cowboys mess something up uh, <laughs> again because Bijan is going to be amazing. And then, yeah, I mean, sorry, sorry, Jace, not to cut in real quick. This is such a luxury pick for the Eagles, as you mentioned. It should be reinforced. Like The fact that they have the 10th pick that you have turned into the 15th in this mock, and they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, arguably the best player in the draft? <laughs> Sign him up, because we got a ton of talent. we got a quarterback who actually wants to win and takes a relatively team-friendly deal rather than just, you know, is a pain in the ass, but that's a whole different story. Um, and I... I just one quick hypothetical. We don't have to go too long on this. I know this is a super long episode anyway. Because we just mentioned with Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith and B. John Robinson are both sitting there at twenty two. Who are you running up at who are you running up to the podium for if you're the Ravens? For me Because I know who I buy. I know who I For me it's gotta Robinson. be Nolan Smith. Just based on oh. position. Uh, I, it's Bijan, baby. Uh, really? Bijan. Uh, come on, guys. Yes. JK's a good Jace, player. we've been hurt before <laughs> with undersized linebackers. I'm just, I just view this being yeah. like Patrick Queen kind of reincarnated. Yeah. I mean, fair, but I don't know. I just can't. With you know how I mad just, J.K. Dobbins would oh, get. Yeah, I mean, he demanded. Like, trade. you know how much they'd probably be trading you know before the end of the night. <laughs> You know how much subtweeting him and his agent would be doing? I've, like, talked myself into, like, a 1,800-yard J.K. Dobbins season. I'm like, the knee's healthy. He's good to go. <laughs> he was averaging six yards a carry. His no, no, no. It's, it's the Ravens' fault. We don't play him uh, enough. But I would take Nolan Smith. But, I, I mean, I guess it would be – if the Ravens took Bijan, that would be, like, the single funniest thing they could do on draft night, I think. Um, so I would like I'm it, here from for that, it from that perspective. Certainly. Um, am I on the clock again with Washington? You are. You are on the Ooh. clock again, Jace. Yeah, the moving and the shaking is. Yeah. So right now, so real quick, before you go, let's do these uh, These 10 to 15, I guess, is what, what we have here. Um, so I'll run through. I'll just go from 1 to, 1 to 15 here very quickly. Bryce Young at 1, CJ Stroud at 2, Will Anderson 3, Will Levis 4, Jalen Carter 5. Then things got spicy. Anthony Richardson at 6 to the Lions. Uh, Peter Skaronsky. At seven to the Raiders. Tyree Wilson going to the uh, Atlanta Falcons at eight. Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle out of Ohio State, going to the Chicago Bears at nine. The Jets trading up to leapfrog the Tennessee Titans and take Darnell Wright, the tackle out of Tennessee, at ten. Uh, The Titans taking Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, at eleven. Jackson Smith and Jigba 
going to the Packers, who moved up one spot to 12. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, the corner of uh, Oregon, goes to the Houston Texans at 13. Nolan Smith uh, to the Patriots. And then Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, to the Eagles. The Washington Commanders are on the clock. Chris Maine is looking at you, Jace, <laughs> trying to figure out what this team is going to do. TJ is looking, what what is this team going to do? What are they going to do? Uh, it, you know what's hard? This is like one of the hardest picks for me because I like – I feel well, like you can't draft an owner. You can't draft an owner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like they have so many weird needs. Like you said, they need a quarterback, but they seem set on not taking one. And I don't know if that's a owner transition thing or, or, or what. Um, can you scroll down uh, just a little bit, Tim, on the available players? I can. Uh, yes. Just, uh, I mean, I hate to do it, but I think, you know, they always need help in this area. I think they take Joey Porter Jr. Uh, no! Cornerback okay. out of Come on! Um, I love him. I want him to be there at 22. He's my, he's, he's my A1. <laughs> he's the player I want the Ravens to draft the most, I think. But uh, Do you want it for the memes? Because like, I mean, I, Joey Porter Sr. was a stealer. I, I kind of want it at least half for the memes. I do think he's a good player, but obviously he's not the best corner in the class. And there's probably other ones we'll get to intent perhaps that uh could be uh, in the discussion but uh yeah i they need so many things but obviously their strength is the defensive line they their secondary is kind of bounced all over the place in terms of how they played in recent years but i think they add, add a corner you know just beef up that back end um they've obviously drafted uh, they have terry mclaurin and they drafted Jahan dotson um could use some line, but I'm not in love with the linemen, and maybe I'm also protecting myself for a pick I want to make in a few picks. <laughs> but um, uh, you were just tipping picks so, like a mofo. I'm not a good job. GM, but yeah. So Joey Porter Jr. I'd love him to be at the Ravens, but I don't see it happening. His arms, like <laughs> yeah. by his side, touch like his calves, which is just his insane to me. Nuts. <laughs> It's absolutely nuts. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, Did pick up I'm a ton you. of penalties for like holding and stuff. So, oh, good. So I'm sure in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. where the referees basically let the wide receivers get away with murder, that that'll definitely translate. So yeah, great pick, Washington. <laughs> um, all right, yeah. So I guess I could see them Antonio... trading down. I guess is what I should also say. If, but fair, fair. Well, we can open it up. I mean, the Steelers here at 17, Antonio, there's always one person every year, and I've definitely been this person during this exercise, uh, the years that we've done this. There is just like the mother, like every single time there's a guy that goes, and I feel like we're doing that to Antonio tonight, and I apologize. The the stars were aligning, Tim, for the Pittsburgh Steelers at 17. They need two things, basically. They need offensive line help, and they need defensive back help, and Joey Porter Jr., we know who his dad was, <laughs> who his dad is, but what he was, you know, he was a Pittsburgh Steeler, obviously. Would have been such a nice story. Uh, the Steelers going back-to-back first-round picks with, like, in like state talent, like going with the Pennsylvania uh, tie back-to-back first-round picks would have, would have been a nice little storyline. But no, the Commanders have to mess things up again in some other way, uh, and they take a very good player in Joey Putter Jr. So now... At 17, the Steelers can trade back, which, you know, they're a smart team, so they could do something like that. Or they can look at the board at these two positions and see what is there. And there's a couple of guys 
that they think that I think they are between at this point. And that's Deontay Banks, cornerback out of the University of Maryland. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm specifically not choosing this just out of spite because I don't think they're going to do the <laughs> we wanted this corner, so let's just get that corner. That's not how the Steelers operate. So they're not gonna they're not gonna do that. They're not gonna reach. Um, but they definitely forever seemingly have needed help at the tackle position. And there's a guy that they like and at the spot, and it's Darnell Wright, the tackle out of Tennessee. Um, can't do, can't do Darnell right. He has been taken already, my friend. Oh, he's he ta- oh my goodness. Oh my board. That, I had him. Uh, I had him available. That, that was the man that I drafted at ten, uh, leapfrogging the Tennessee Titans to get there. In terms of tackles here, if we go to offensive tackle, yeah, then I might have Brod- put the wrong. Oh, okay, that's see, that's my mistake. That's I put Broderick Jones in that spot instead of Darnell Wright. Well, that's just value for you, then. That's so all that, that sounds great. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled again. So, yes, <laughs> I will take Broderick Jones' uh, tackle, who would have been there, would have been at the top of the board uh, at that point. Um, yeah, go Pittsburgh. See, I'm glad. I'm glad that I messed this up for Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> because it was either this or forfeiting the pick. So, yeah, really they need help at the, t- at the tackle spot. That's been a thing for a few years. Um Either one of those two guys would have been great. So it's Broderick Jones. Um, yeah, solidifying a, a position of need. I mean, one of the youngest players, too, in the offensive tackle area as well. Played for Georgia. You know, no small feat there. <laughs> and I think I think the Steelers, you know, if this was the case, the Steelers are sweating. If the three tackles, three of the four kind of consensus first-round guys are gone within, what, the top 10 picks here with Skaronsky, Paris Johnson Jr., and Darnell Wright. Uh, I think that they're they're loving, they're so relieved that, that Broderick Jones just finally fell to them, I think, at 17, because as Jace mentioned, it's kind of, that's kind of it after that. All right, I'm up now. I have the Detroit Lions, who made a splash at number six with Anthony Richardson, and now they, they really need some defensive help. They really do. Uh, there's, there's Brian Branch still left, uh, kind of, kind of Kyle Hamilton ish, but not in the fact that he's big, but more of just kind of, he's a tweener type of guy, safety slot corner type player. Obviously there's Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland who Antonio mentioned. There's Kalijah Cansey, who is the T-Rex arm defensive <laughs> tackle, uh, out of, out of the uh, university of Pittsburgh. So everybody just, or is it university of Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Um, so everybody just assumes like, oh yeah, that dude is, uh, of course going to be Aaron Donald, but that's simply not the case. They should probably go defense, but there's a guy on here that just kind of screams damn Campbell to me. And after trading their star player at this position last year to a division rival, I think they reload here with another dude like Will Anderson, who I picked at three for the Cardinals who was probably just too good too early and then got dinged because of it. And that's the tight end out of Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. I think Michael Mayer here, obviously the the Lions trading TJ Hawkinson, uh, their current tight end is a guy named Brock Wright, which is a great (laughs) tight end name, but I don't necessarily know if he's a great tight end. Uh, So they definitely need some more more weapons for an Anthony Richardson uh, in the coming years (laughs) and in the year or two as well. You know, they're they're kind of 
instead of going all defense, which everybody wants them to do, I'm going all offense, which is just kind of how the board fell. The dude looks like Gronk. He's just a big, physical, old-school tight end who has the athleticism, has vice grips for hands. Like, it's a really big red zone target. And if, if you weren't sold enough, I, keep, I brought this up earlier, the Danny Kelly comparison. Heath Miller, that doesn't excite you, or that berserker Urukai from Helm's Deep in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which that sounds good to me. That guy playing tight end for me, the berserker Urukai from Helm's Deep. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. Give me uh, that's that's Dan Campbell through and through. Maybe outside of he's like, watch some nerd stuff, man. But outside of that, he's probably all in for a guy that looks like that, plays like that. Stereotypical, just tight end ass tight end, for lack of a better term. I'm taking Michael Mayer. Uh, you know, probably going lower in some other people's mocks, but I think the NFL people are going to be like, yeah, this dude can play. Like, he's a very, very good football player. Let's get him into our building. I think he's the best tight end. Uh, I know some people love what Dalton Kincaid can do as a receiver, but, but yeah, my, Mayer's a tank. and He's great. Like, he seemed to just every Notre Dame game he was involved. Um, Antonio, I'm on the clock now, and I will say I should have rung myself to trade up uh, with Washington as the Buccaneers because I had my eyes on Broderick Jones. Um, but uh, I think, you know, Tampa's... T- we, we talked about what team we say. It was the Cardinals, you know. Tampa Tampa's going to be bad this season. and uh, Do you think so? They've got guys, though. They've got dudes. I mean, they've got Baker Mayfield playing quarterback, yeah, so yeah, I, I tend to... I tend to believe you, but I, I just, they seem like they're just at like a crossroads, certainly. And I mean, you know, you, you push your chips at the table. You got Tom Brady, you want a Super Bowl. So like, I can't say they did chose wrongly. Um, so they need a lot of things. I think my, uh, of the guys on the board, I think the guy that kind of fits them best is, uh, in sort of projected to go right around here. Give me Brian Branch. Uh, safety defensive back out of Alabama. Um, I think, you know, they, they had that great draft class um, with, with uh, all those guys all in the defensive backfield. And I know, I forget which ones have left, but some are, are leaving in free agency and stuff. And so they kind of need to retool back there um, a little bit. And I, Brian's just a great player. He, you know, he's pretty sure tackler. And uh, um, yeah, the last several years he's, been one of Alabama's better defensive backs and they you know they produce good ones so that's a, that sounds good yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of all there is to say about it but I, I you know I probably should have traded up for Jones I think that would have been a nice bookend uh him and Tristan Wirfs um who I presume's moving over to the left side but um yeah Brian Branch I think you know he's a solid player and I think he'll go right around here in the draft all right, I am up at pick 20 with the Seattle Seahawks. This is their second pick uh, of the draft after picking at five and getting Jalen Carter, which addressed you know a major need for them along the defensive line. And now I think I'm kind of in a spot where I can look at a couple of different options. Uh, I can keep going defensively and, and really try to beef, beef up that unit. Um... I can look at the offensive line, but a lot of those guys, pretty much that whole core um, is gone now. Uh, 
unless somebody tells me that Darnell Wright is still available, then maybe I'll <laughs> see if I can take him a third time. But then there's something else that I could do. And this is, uh, we didn't do the quiz game this week, but this is the quiz game for my two co-hosts. Uh, can you guys name a wide receiver on the Seattle Seahawks who isn't DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett? Oh, I can't. <laughs> no. Because <I> <laughs> the names are D. Eskridge, mm-hmm. Cade Johnson, yep. and Derek Young. Of and I, I don't know who those people are. Never heard of those players. <laughs> no, no, they're not real. You're, you're lying. <laughs> I could have just made one of one of them. One of those names wasn't even real. No. Uh, so they're at twenty. They're getting depth at the wide receiver spot and becoming a terrifying offense. Um, and they're going Jordan Addison at a USC at pick number twenty. I um, for you know a little uh, story about a little me time. I cannot sleep at night. I stay up way later than is necessary. So. At like 11.45 on a weeknight, 12 o'clock on a weeknight, every so often I'll see a random USC football game when they're playing on like a Thursday 10.30 slot. So I watched too much of Jordan Addison for the fact that he plays on the West Coast, and I don't watch good college, college football. He's good. He's really good. And I would really like him to fall to the Ravens if they would even, I don't know, draft a player in the first round this year. <laughs> but I don't think he I don't think he makes it to him. Um and I think the Seahawks take him at twenty. Uh and he stays on the West Coast. I love Jordan Addison. Uh, he'd be we're, we'll obviously get into this momentarily when we have a, a deeper discussion of our team, but I think he'd be my preferred receiver, the Ravens take. Uh, I just I, I think he's the best of the the non Jackson Smith and Jigba um players do you guys know he's from frederick by the way he went to tuscarora yeah yeah he's a, he's a maryland uh, so, guy yeah he's from our neck of the woods um so that's always exciting too uh i'd love i think seattle's a great landing spot for him so uh, nothing but the best for him uh certainly much like the skaronsky thing this is a guy that i had locked in every time i did a draft i had him locked into the chargers at 21 just like I had Skaronsky locked into the Bears at nine, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. I had Jordan Addison as another weapon. They need they need more weapons for Justin Herbert, which seems weird, right? But Austin Eckler wants a trade. Keenan Allen isn't getting any younger. Mike Williams can't stay on the field. And we saw it last year. Justin Herbert didn't really have that many guys to throw to. And, you know, Josh Palmer just kind of – he's not the dude. And then you have – Guys like Jalen Guyton, Keelan Doss, and John Hightower are your other wide receivers after those names. So I'm tempted I'm tempted to go with a Quentin Johnson type. We also know that this is the pick right before the Ravens, so I could spoil whatever Ravens pick we're going to make. So Jace is trying to keep a straight face as possible to make sure that I don't, you know, I don't ruin uh, what he has planned for our beloved Baltimore Ravens. I'm trying to think. And I think I'm going to do it. If it was Addison still here and he didn't go at 20, I would have I would have ventured off this pick. But unfortunately, there will be no hometown reunion for Deontay Banks and the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to take Deontay Banks for the San Diego Chargers or Jesus, the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. They've been there long enough. Uh, I know that they definitely need receiver help. I know you need to get Justin Herbert some more talent as well. 
but this team needs corners. I mean, you look at their their depth chart now. They signed J.C. Jackson, who ended up really and that was a not turning out. Yeah. It was a disaster <laughs> of a signing. They signed him to big money. So Michael Davis is on the other side of Asante Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. a decent player, but you know he's good, but he's not great. I think you get Deontay Banks in there, who actually has drawn some comparisons to Marlon Humphrey uh, in terms of just a big physical corner uh, and that kind of play style. I think that helps them more than kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, reaching for a Quentin, uh, Quentin Johnston or, or like a Ray, uh, Ray, Zay Flowers as well, the wide receiver out of Boston College. So unless you have thoughts on that, Jace, you are up at 22 with the Baltimore Ravens pick. Are these guys trending down? One thousand percent yes. Because I have a a thought on a trade down that could very well happen based on a player on the board and a team. Okay. All right. Let's talk it through. What are you thinking? The New York Giants. Okay. Swapping with the Ravens. In our suggested here, the Giants are one of the suggested trades. So 25, that would be Jace. That would be you. Do you want to complete this in the first time in Pod Like a Raven mock draft history? We actually act like the Ravens and trade down. Let's do it. Uh, all right. They're all they, Classic they, Ravens. They've, they've made their, their intentions of acquiring more picks so clear. If they keep complaining about it, there's no chance they don't at least move down one or two picks. The By the way. Like so, they're, they're, we're only doing the first round here. There's a high likelihood they trade into the next day, and we all stay up to like midnight <laughs> Eastern time to not see a pick, which will happen. It's gonna 100% happen, and then we're all gonna be waking up in the morning like super not Jace because you know West Coast, Best Coast, but super groggy from the night before, having to go to work, having to deal with all this crap. I like this trade that it's only 25. Just remember, PSA for the people out there who are going to get annoyed at draft time. Roquan Smith is part of this draft class. He is part of this draft class. They traded a second-round pick for him, and I think maybe one or two other things. I can't remember exactly. But the big thing was that second-round pick. Roquan Smith is part of this draft class. So, technically, the Ravens, before the draft even starts, have the best draft class in this in this draft. So, you know... I know it sucks not having all the picks. I know it sucks that the Ravens are going to be doing a bunch of moving and shaking and whatever. But just remember, Roquan Smith is here. He signed. He's going to be here a long time. And he's a very, 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 very good player. That, that is such a good reminder for me, too, Tim. I had kind of almost forgotten somehow, like, you know, uh, that we traded our second for him. Uh, uh and the other thing, with I was thinking of a trade down. They pretty much did this exact same trade down last year, right? Wasn't Linderbaum twenty five, and they had gotten the pick for Hollywood, but then they had traded down like a few spots from whatever the Cardinals pick was. I'm pretty sure. I forget exactly. I'd have to double check. I, I, I can't I'm remember. pretty sure they moved like two or three spots. Um, it's in their mo. I I have no doubt they're trading down. Um, because uh, they could trade down twice, Jace. They could move the twenty-five and then trade it again and have three second-round picks or something like that, and no firsts. <laughs> well, and part of the reason I did this, which they would love, by trade the way, down just... is because Addison's off the board. Um, I, you know, I, I maybe this is just me talking. I am not sold on. I should say the player I'm picking for the Giants is Quentin Johnston. 
the wide receiver out of TCU. Um, the Giants just need to add, uh, you know, offensive talent, uh, wide receiver talent specifically. It's not a, a robust wide receiver room by any means. Um, they've committed to Danny Dimes. Uh, they have Saquon on the tag. Um, and so Quinton Johnson's fascinating, and he's just a player I was – I'm so personally scared to draft as a Ravens fan. The the fast, athletic, super athletic, fast, tall guy uh, whose downsides are he drops the ball sometimes in traffic. It's like, well, that's not what we need as a wide receiver in today's NFL. Um, so I, I was just scared of that. And with, you know, some of the other defensive, with Porter off the board, with Banks off the board, I just saw an opportunity for the Ravens to trade down. So... Hopefully it doesn't blow up in my face <laughs> and uh, we'll be making a pick of, I believe one or two guys. Um, <laughs> hopefully here in a few picks. Antonio, you are up with the Minnesota Vikings next. Yeah. And with Quinton Johnson going. Yeah. The Vikings, uh, really two glaring needs, wide receiver and corner. Um, they need to replace Adam Thielen, who is now gone, and their cornerback room is full of bodies um, with very little experience. So stealing once one more time from the ringer, the team has seven cornerbacks on its roster, but only one free agent signing, Byron Murphy, has played more than four games at outside cornerback. Murphy finished last year on injured reserve with a back injury. So... They need experience. When well, I say experience, they're drafting. This is, the, this is the draft, but they need depth there. They need talent uh, at that position and at wide receiver. With Quentin Johnson gone, uh, I'm between two names, really. Uh, and it's I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm on the clock. Uh, Zay Flowers out of Boston College and Emmanuel Forbes, uh, one of those later names uh, at corner out of Mississippi State, uh, and I, you know, it just it just feels like a fit thing. I see Zay Flowers going to the Minnesota Vikings at twenty-three, um, a little on the small side, but with speed and shiftiness and hands, and I could kind of see him thriving uh, on on the Vikings um, opposite. Jefferson there and filling in that wide receiver two spot immediately um and being a guy that the Ravens could have had but didn't and you know he'll only have success not on the Ravens basically but the Vikings going wide receiver at 23 another another put him on the list of just gamers it seems like Zay Flowers who's just a dude wanted to come back to Boston College to make sure he got his degree but then like put the fear of God into ACC cornerbacks this year, just based on his play a bit smaller, but did played bigger than his size too. You know, any wide receiver, the Ravens are drafting with the first pick. I'm just like, nah, not going to work just because I'm that pes- excuse me, pessimistic at, about it at this point. But man, that's a, that's a hell of a thing that he was there and the Ravens passed Ravens passed on Quinton Johnson and him. And then they both go, one two, uh, with with the Jaguars up next before the Ravens go again. Yeah, I was hoping he would at least be on the board still. So maybe a, an ill-advised trade down. I I think if 
I think I would prefer Flowers certainly over Johnston if the Ravens were to take a wide receiver. For all the reasons you said, I think, you know, he's small, but he was the only thing Boston College had, and he still got open. He's got good hands, and, you know, it makes plays. Um, I, I am, I think, just scared of small receivers in general after the, the Hollywood experience. Um, but I do think Zay Flowers is kind of a different player, certainly, than Hollywood. I don't think he has like quite as you know, top end speed, certainly. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they take either Johnston or Flowers. They certainly seem like both players will be on the board if the Ravens stay at 22. And I guess we should say, though, I do think they'll trade down because of their general lack of picks. Um, I feel like under DaCosta, they have been more willing to kind of just stay in their place and take their guy. They did it with Kyle Hamilton. They did it with Marcus Brown initially. They didn't move up or down and got Bateman, who everyone thought... You know, we mocked Bateman to them, and they didn't move off of that pick. So they've been a little more stay in place, um, certainly under DaCosta, than I think they used to under Ozzy. But um, they've even been more aggressive too. You would yeah. say in some things, more more of the trading for players and like trading some picks away or what have you. And then yeah, I mean, you know, like you know, the last two years they made two first round picks by trading players, um, which is you know for, was pretty rare. I feel like for the Ozzy era. So um, Zay Flowers. No, I was kind of hoping he'd still be around as an option at 25. Um, hopefully, Tim doesn't take a guy I want then at 24. Um, TBD. <laughs> Otherwise, this trade down could have really blown up in my face. But uh, I'm in your head. I'm in your head. Oh, my God. Uh, well, let's get to it at number 24, because obviously, per usual, the mock draft episode is going incredibly too long. <laughs> um, Evan Ingram is on a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars who are picking at 24 easily a case to go defense here, go edge, get another guy opposite Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen, like mix in another pass rusher. A Lucas Van Ness is interesting to me, a guy who a bit bigger. So maybe you could kick him inside on pass rushing downs and have him, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker all getting after the quarterback, which I think is, you know, I was, I was leaning there for a very long time, but Another one who it might have it might be falling too far here. I'm going Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah uh, here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm sorry, Antonio. Antonio is so frustrated with me. He can't stand me. Um, I I will just I think it's another very good comparison here uh, from our man Danny Kelly. And I promise I'm not just picking players based on the things I can say. But he goes shades of I don't even want to say it but I'm thinking it that being Travis Kelsey. He just, the way that Dalton Kincaid plays, obviously there are injury concerns. Unlike Michael Mayer, who I had going to uh, at 18 to the lions, who was very prototypical, big can help in the run game. Great blocker, huge guy that uses his body to get away from guys and make the catch. Dalton Kincaid is a Kelsey type, you know, essentially a receiver playing at tight end who knows how to find that space and make plays. You have your franchise quarterback. Give him all the weapons you can. Evan Ingram's on a one-year deal. You can use him in two two uh, tight end sets now with the likes of Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. And give your guy weapons. It's something that the Ravens never well, – we did. I'm not going to fall into the national media narrative. But the more weapons for your franchise guy, the better. And I think Dalton Kincaid is the pick there at 24. Uh, which brings us back. To our Baltimore Ravens. Um, <laughs> Trade down again! So, 
Um, as I've alluded to, I mean, I think there's we we, we kind of just to sort of touch on some of the players off the board. I I feel like the Ravens draft one of uh, if they go receiver, it'll be one of Quentin Johnston, Jay, Zay Flowers, or Jordan Addison. Those seems to be the players that'll be on the board around the time they pick. Um, if they go defensive back, if Banks isn't there, which he wasn't at Arbach, if Porter isn't there, which he wasn't at Arbach, certainly the other two guys will go off too early. If they fall, that would be great. I have my eyes on one Emmanuel Forbes, the, the uh, quarterback from Mississippi State. And it, uh, Tim, if you could click on that little show more button and then click over to analysis. Reading this today uh, caught my eye, shall we say. Um so PFF lists pros and cons, and tell me if this sounds like any player who has played for the Ravens recently. Uh, remarkably lanky frame, limbs for days, ideal for a corner. Great. Has bounced like a hooper. He can challenge any catch point necessary. Great. Elite ability to locate the football. All six of in, all six of his interceptions came in man coverage, and we should say Forbes, the FBS all-time leader in pick sixes uh, in college football. Uh, he intercepts the ball. He takes it to the house. His cons, still a stick, not much mass on his frame. He's listed as 166 pounds at over six feet tall. Uh, like like crazy, <laughs> crazy small, like Bryce Young levels of small for a corner. And uh, then these two caught me uh, as, so, as a player who has a ton of interceptions uh, and a bunch of pick sixes, has eyes that get him in trouble, some freelance tendencies on tape, and then can get bowled over in the run game, meteor, mediocre tackler over the course of his career. This is Marcus Peters. <laughs> like, sounds like, a, ra- sounds like a raven to me. <laughs> this guy, I reading all that, I was like, oh, that's a Marcus Peters replacement. So I think if all these guys are off the board, I think Emmanuel Forbes is the pick uh, in this spot. I, you know, I probably, maybe they should take a receiver. I am just so against it personally on the principle that they shouldn't take a receiver three times in the last four years in the first round. I know that's maybe clouding, clouding my judgment and getting in the way of the purpose of this activity. But Forbes just seems like, you know, just such a heady player. And I think, for me, cornerback is actually, personally, in the non-Lamar category, certainly after the OBJ signing, because, you know, maybe Bateman is healthy. And then we have OBJ and Bateman and everything could be okay. Uh, Devin DuVarnay is a three. Yeah, like, like it could work out, maybe. I'm sure we had this exact same conversation last year. But at least yeah, as, as, on paper as it stands today, cornerback is my number one concern because it is not great uh, outside of Marlon Humphrey. As we said, they re-signed Kevon Seymour, and that's like a big step. That's a good thing the Ravens secondary has going on. So, you know, I like the safety situation, obviously, with Hamilton and Marcus Williams. Marlon's a good player still, but... I think they need more, and the way our draft played out, I thought Forbes was that guy. I got very scared when Antonio was leaning towards him because then I kind of was potentially going to uh, put me in a corner of having to take Zay Flowers if he didn't go to the Jaguars. But, uh, you know, I I think of all the cornerbacks that are going to go in the first round, I think Forbes is probably, like, the last of them. Um, And it makes sense where the Ravens pick. They're kind of, you know, with him. They made the playoffs, so they're picking where they're picking. I like him. I think he's a good player. Um, you know, the pick sixes are exciting. The interception numbers are exciting. Um, obviously, as we said, obvious issues with his kind of frame and f- freelance tendencies, which I'm sure will annoy coaches uh, if he doesn't. Yeah. Well, let me but. let me jump in. Let me jump in because yeah, the 
the frame it's like the comparison is if he turned if he turned sideways you wouldn't be able to see him because it's just <laughs> like he just disappears off the three-dimensional plane he's that skinny but uh, i was listening to a couple podcasts today dame brugler who is the athletics like big scout guy mentioned something he goes I was watching a lot of Emmanuel Forbes, and I was annoyed about the freelancing. Annoyed about the freelancing. It was one of the big things. But then the more you watch of him, the more you realize he's doing it kind of within structure, and he knows he knows when to do it. It's not just like, you know, f this. I'm go like I'm going nuts. Like it's not the Leroy Jenkins <laughs> effect. You know, he's he's he kind of does it when he picks his spots basically and another thing that dane pointed out that i think is interesting if you go back to his last six years of football six years so three years in college three years in high school 30 interceptions 30 i know it's high school i know but these guys play in in big time areas and they get recruited to these big time schools like mississippi state 30 that's pretty good it's pretty good Pretty good. Uh, so uh, look at uh, the way this the way this fell. You know, Jeff Zarebeck did his like ideal Ravens draft, and he had them trading back down into the second round and getting Emmanuel Forbes, and then getting a bunch of picks from it. The way they're talking about this guy, I don't know. Uh, teams like teams like guys who are ball hawks. Teams like guys who take the ball away. Takeaways are important. It's not just. I'm playing solid defense, only giving up two yards of carry, yada, yada, yada. It, you, you need to turn the ball over. And Emmanuel Forbes has an elite ability to do that. So, you know, the way the board fell, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Well, I tell you who does hate how the, how the board fell. Uh, that's the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys because this was a disaster for them. Uh, a team that has picked very well in the first round. I love to make fun of Jerry Jones. And yet as uh, owner... GM, third string quarterback, uh, water boy, all the th- all the things that Jerry Jones has given himself as titles on this team. He has done a very good job drafting in the first round. This year, however, if he stays pat at 26, uh, his really top three dream selections in um, Kincaid, Bijan, and Michael Mayer. They need a tight end. They need a running back. All three of them are gone at this point in 26. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys are active and moving up from 26 to something in the teens to get one of those three players, uh, especially if they're getting some sniffs that neither of the tight ends are available uh, at 26. At this point, I think it's if this is how it goes at draft on draft night, I think there's a very good chance they move back out of 26, even though... The Cowboys love a splash, uh, love a first-round pick. Um, For this exercise, the only spot... I'm looking at the board, and there is a name that has kind of... I mean, on some boards, he's fallen to them at 26. On other boards, they'd be reaching for him at 26. But they do need a little bit of help on the D-line inside. Mm. And that's Kalaja Kansi out of Pitt, who is a little bit of an enigma. Um... But he's there, and they're at 26. I the, the PFF has him ranked 14th uh, overall. So in theory, this would be a great get for them at 26, and then they can try to develop him. Um, there's some edge guys available, but if there's ever a spot that a team doesn't need edge players, it's the it's the Cowboys. Um, and Kansi could be uh, 
you know, a, a developed stud on the inside of that defensive line. Dude, that's just pass rushing extraordinaire. Him and Micah Parsons on that defensive line would be great. The only problem with Cansey is he has incredibly short arms. And that is the thing that is really, really um, discouraging teams. You know, if you're a defensive tackle, you don't want people, the guards or the offensive linemen, to get your hand, get their hands on you. And usually you have to have the reach to kind of get them off of you and get to the pass rusher. Cansey is, is a T-Rex defensive tackle. He has, like, historically short arms at that position. Um also, the comparison to Aaron Donald, the comparisons, excuse me, to Aaron Donald are a bit ridiculous as well. But, you know, at 26, when a lot of people have him going in the teens because somebody's going to take a shot on him because of his elite level of penetration, the man gets sacks. It's, it's, that's a star quality, and Jerry Jones loves star quality there, so I don't hate the pick there. All right, I'll move on now to 27, the Buffalo Bills. Now, I will, I will say, the Buffalo Bills can go a couple different directions here. Uh, they, they could use some offensive line help. Uh, you know, their, their GM, Brandon Bean, I believe his name is, has basically pleaded Josh Allen not to scramble as much this offseason. He's done, like, multiple interviews saying, like, we really ask him that hopefully he doesn't do this anymore. So maybe they want to protect him. They could definitely use some help on the defensive line. You know, they have some guys there, some guys that you think are really, really strong, but they've also missed on a lot of guys. You know, an A.J. Epinesa, they kind of missed on. Gregory Rousseau hasn't really done anything. He was a first-round He was a first round pick before Adafi Owe just a couple of years ago. Um, Ed Oliver's a good player, but, uh, you know, getting a couple, couple years in now, Von Miller obviously is a bit older. Uh, Jordan Phillips, good player as well, but you could always use more defensive line rotation. Just look at the e- look what the Eagles did last year. So I'm going to go with a guy who, at the start of this process, was highly lauded as a dude that was going to be like, you know, a top ten pick, and then kind of fell off because he was never a starter. He was a bit raw. People didn't understand it, but for the value here, Lucas Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa, I think, is the man to play, uh, you know, kind of alongside the Von Miller and Gregory Rousseau and just be a defensive line rotation type player. Uh, I, I, I will wholeheartedly admit this was definitely going to be a wide receiver spot for me. This was going to be a Zay Flowers team for me, and it was going to be Josh Allen, Zay Flowers, Stefan Diggs. He's gone. There's not really a ton of wide receivers I would take in this first round now at this point. Um, you know, I looked at Jameer Gibbs, and then I remembered they signed Damian Harris along with James Cook. So they don't really need running back help here. And so you're thinking getting Josh Allen some weapons. But for me, Lucas Van Ness, give the edge out of Iowa, and just another rotational piece on this defensive line who could contribute and hopefully get to the quarterback. He's a tank, too. He's like <laughs> Yeah, big guy. Big guy. Um, so we're in that interesting spot where some teams might trade back up into it if they have, you know, they want to get that fifth-year option. I'm curious if any team would, you know, move up for, like, a, a like this. So this is like if Hendon Hooker's going to go in the first round, yeah. this is like the area he's going to go, right? And it's 28 to 31. And we should say there's no 32 picks. 
because the Dolphins got theirs taken away this year. Um, only 31 first-round picks. Um, I, I think for the Bengals, you know, there's a few directions. I will say, I will say, Jace, in these last couple of picks, I give you carte blanche. If you want to pick a team to trade back up, we will make it happen, <laughs> and you can just be the predictor there for a Hendon Hooker or somebody that really wants the fifth-year option on somebody. So if there's somebody there... <laughs> go for it well I, I i think you know i think the Bengals were um kind of have a luxury of, of taking sort of a best player available and a guy um that i i think is going to go in the first round um kind of all over the place on people's boards but uh brian Brisset, the defensive tackle from clemson um you know i he was another frederick area guy by the way he went to urbana and then transferred to um Damascus <laughs> but uh shout out yeah uh, but he was the number one overall recruit in the country and he kind of was you know uh, at Damascus yeah <laughs> well that was okay so that was what was weird with him coming out is no one really knew how good he was because like he was dominating like Frederick County us. and like yeah like us. Montgomery County yeah. public high schools <laughs> and stuff like that um so it's and then his career was kind of you know beset by injuries. He I think he tore his ACL in 2021, had a different injury last year. Um, but you know I think the talent's still there. Obviously, the top overall recruit's going to get the benefit of the doubt a lot of times. And, and I think he's just a talented player. He's a huge hulking defensive tackle um, that has some upside. Does some things well. Doesn't flash maybe quite as you want in some other areas, but. I think he's either going to go here or to the Eagles or the Chiefs. So I, I think he's going to end up being a late first-round pick because um, he is talented. And, you know, for, for the Bengals, who, you know, they kind of have luxury. Uh, I, I think they take Brissy here. All right. I'm up with my final pick uh, of this year's mock draft, and it's the New Orleans Saints at pick 29. I feel like I get the Saints uh, every year, and the needs are always <laughs> the same. <laughs> guard center (laughs) but i'm not going offensive line uh i'm gonna go defensive line and i tell you why um the saints lost four of their five leading defensive linemen by snaps played last season marcus davenport contavia street david onyamata and shy tuttle they're all gone (laughs) four different players all along the defensive line that area needs to get rebuilt and there's a player that uh, I think has fallen a little bit to them at this point. And it's, let me check before I actually have the wrong. Yep, it's Miles Murphy. <laughs> it's the edge out of Clemson. Um, a three-down defensive end. Um, can rush the passer. Had some 11 tackles for loss last year. Six and a half sacks, 40 tackles. Um, yeah, just at a position of need. A player that's fallen a little bit that can do a lot of things well. Uh, and the Saints are kind of happy picking him late in the first round. So I was going to go Miles Murphy for the Eagles here at 30, which is my final pick as well. And, you know, they could definitely uh, – they're luxury picks. They already got Bijan. They're they're <laughs> dancing in the streets in Philly. So now it's just like, what other awesome player are you going to pick to pluck? D- just do Jameer Gibbs. Do it. You won't. Just do it. Do it. It'll be, it'll be awesome. Um. I'm actually going to go with what I think is a little bit of a stealth need for the Eagles, and that's offensive line. The The Eagles have a dominant offensive line. 
you know, the the Jordan Mailata, Landon Dickerson, Jason Kelsey, Cam Jurgens, Lane Johnson five was awesome last year. They were so so good. But Lane Johnson's getting up there in age. As is Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, obviously their center. But Landon Dickerson did play some center. Their left guard, I should say, did play some center in college, leaving a guard spot open for when Jason Kelsey ultimately retires. They thought that was going to be this year. It was not. It's not. He's coming back to play, so might be next year as well. And give me a guy who has fallen only because he is a guard, strictly because he's a guard. And that is Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida. Um, you know, you even look at like Danny Kelly's scouting report for the ringer. Why he could fall, he's an interior lineman only. The only reason he's falling is that he is only plays inside. He's big, physical, good combination of power and quickness, looks ready to contribute early in his career. Danny Kelly's 18th overall player in this entire draft, and he's sitting there at 30. It's another luxury pick for the Eagles and a guy that they can rotate in in his first year, and then when Jason Kelsey ultimately retires, they can kick Landon Dickerson inside to center put Osiris Torrance in at guard and you know, you're going to lose a little bit of a beat because Jason Kelsey is arguably a hall of fame center, but it ain't as bad as it would be if you didn't have a guy there to fill that gap. I thought about taking him with the the Bengals pick as well. Maybe should have, but I'm glad we took him. He's going to be a first round pick. He's huge. Torrance. He's awesome too. Like he is so good, but Six five, three hundred and thirty pounds. For those of you, <laughs> yeah, he's a massive guy. He's really good. Um, like you said, it's, he's a guard, so that's why it's, you know not the most sexy position. Um, I don't know what to do with this Chiefs pick. Wrap it up. No. Uh, or if you'd like, you could trade back into the first round and take your pick of team. I have some suggestions if we want to do a group thing. Yeah. Uh, who needs Hendon Hooker? That's. Okay, I, let's <laughs> let's let's talk this out. Let's talk this out, guys. So so far, and we'll and then we'll wrap it after this because I know this is a ridiculously long episode. We hope you're enjoying it, by the way. And if you don't enjoy it, don't tell us. Uh, Bryce Young went one. C.J. Stroud went two. Will Levis went four to the Colts. Anthony Richardson went to the Lions. So for me, I'm looking at the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm looking at the Tennessee Titans, and I'm looking at the Minnesota Vikings as a team that could trade back in there for that spot. Now, if, 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 if we're set on trading, some of the players left on the board, according to PFF, the Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma, uh, Dewan Jones, who they call Big Thanos. <laughs> Thanos is already big, and they call him Big Thanos, the tackle out of Ohio State. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama as well. Darnell Washington, the absolute freak tight end out of Georgia. Uh, just to name a few there. I thought about Dewan Jones if I was picking. I think this would be the pick, but let's have some fun. Let's trade. I love your idea of the Vikings trading up. Let's do it. Hooker. Done. The Minnesota Vikings shocked the world. They did it for Teddy once. They'll do it again. <laughs> They're trading back into the first round somehow. I don't know. The trade. The, the only super- the only things I will say here, just you know, because why not ruin yeah, the, a fun time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs already have 10 picks in this year's draft. Jesus. The fair. Vikings, meanwhile, <laughs> only have five picks in 2023. So they would be giving up yeah. a lot of capital. Because I was looking through it. I was even looking at the Titans. But even the Titans only have six picks. 
Um, but I wonder if you're the Chiefs, like how many are you? Ra- how many picks is too many picks? What's the, hey, they're all lottery else? tickets, man. What's the Raiders yeah. pick situation? Ooh. So yeah, the tit- the Titans are the Titans are bad. I looked at the they're bad as well. Let's see. Uh, these are not in uh, any order. Cause oh, the Raiders got all the picks. Oh my goodness. Oh. All right, are 12. we doing the raid? They have 12 The Las picks. Vegas Raiders are on the clock. All right. The Las Vegas Raiders are on the So they have 38 as well. So you can hop right in there oh, at 38. Perfect. Yeah. And we'll give them like we'll give them like 100 as well. Force this trade PFF. All right, there we go. Bang. Let's... So the Chiefs have the Chiefs have moved to the number 38 pick. Basically doing what the Ravens are going to do, make us all sit up until the very wee hours of the morning and then not make a selection. We'll go to quarterback, and I assume Hendon Hooker it, is going to be Hendon Hooker one. will be the pick. We got our five QBs in the first round. <laughs> what is he, like 36 years old? 25, yeah. I think. <laughs> but then he, he won't play this year because of an ACL. Yeah. All right, so real quickly, we'll go, we'll go here. Um, obviously, so just so people know this, Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. Uh, you do this because in the first round, you get a fifth-year option that you can pick up. Basically, keep the guy another year if you'd like to have. I'm going to go super quickly through this. Number one, Panthers, Bryce Young. Number two, Texans, C.J. Stroud. Number three, Cardinals, Will Anderson Jr. Number four, the Colts and Will Levis. Number five, the Seahawks take Jalen Carter. Number six, the Lions take Anthony Richardson and everything goes to hell. Number seven, the Raiders take Peter Skaronsky. Number eight, the Falcons take Tyree Wilson. Number nine, the Bears take Paris Johnson Jr. Number 10, the Jets trading up, taking Darnell Wright. Number 11, the Titans taking Devin Witherspoon. Number number 12, excuse me, the Packers taking Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Number that 13, was too perfect. Texans taking Christian Gonzalez. I just I cannot wait for that Smith and Jigba pick. Uh, number 14, the Patriots taking Nolan Smith. Number 15, the Eagles taking B. John Robinson. Number 16, Washington Commanders taking Joey Porter Jr. Number 17, the Steelers taking Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. Number 18, the Lions taking Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Number 19, uh, Buccaneers, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. Number 20, Seattle Seahawks, Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC, number 21, Chargers, Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland, number 22, New York Giants, Quinton Johnson, wide receiver TCU, number 23, Zay Flowers goes to the Vikings, number 24, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars take Dalton Kincaid, number 25, Ravens take Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Number 26, Kalijah Cansey goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Lucas Van Ness goes to the Bills at 27. Brian Brisset, uh goes to the Bengals at 28. Uh, Miles Murphy, Saints at 29. Osiris Torrance, Eagles at 30. And at number 31, the Raiders trade back into the first round to take Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee. Well done, Tim, reading through all those. Um couple of final i don't know final thoughts on this um if the seahawks come out of this with jalen carter and jordan addison without moving i think they're going to be pretty happy with themselves i love the fact that we have all four quarterbacks gone by pick six i am not (laughs) buying the bogus that multiple guys are going to drop into the nine you know the teens late teens and 20s i don't buy it they're all very intriguing for different reasons. Teams will want them. Um, 
and the Cowboys had a terrible draft. So that, those are my, <laughs> my three takeaways from this. Uh, this was fun. I, 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 I feel good. I feel good about this. Uh, let's, let's get four to seven picks correct. At least players to teams. That would be great. Um, there's some, intri- as you kind of mentioned, Tim, when we were looking at some of the players available, some intriguing day two talents too. We didn't mention like Keely Ringo. I think the guy at one point was kind of viewed as a first round pick. Could be if the Ravens go receiver, uh, in the first round could be a guy you might be looking at later down the line. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens and nervous as well as we touched on for what the Ravens may or may not do with their quarterback entering this. I'm inclined to think nothing because I'm just expecting no traction of any kind to ever happen with the Lamar standoff. But, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. I feel good about this mock though. Yeah. I mean, I will say it, it was interesting how the corners dropped. Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez taking it 11 and 13 respectively. Um, And that kind of seems, you know, strange to be honest. Like it seems like they, they're locks to go in the top 10, but I don't feel super bad about it because the draft always does weird crap that we're not expecting. And I think maybe, you know, to defend ourselves a little bit, I think a lot of teams probably look at the corner class and say there's a lot of good guys a little bit lower, so we're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. And, you know, like the Titans, they kind of just took the best guy available. The, uh, the the Texans we have here even moved back a spot and gained an extra draft pick just to take Christian Gonzalez over Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, so, yeah, overall, I love it. And, man, I just – as you're listening to this, if you're listening to this day of – the draft is tomorrow. Like, I cannot wait. It's going to be so exciting. And as just as a, a football nerd, it, it is the, the the amount of confusion that this draft has makes it all the more dramatic. And then you get into the draft, and they're showing football highlights, and you're like, man, football's great. I love football. And you just, you're watching guys fly around and hit each other and, and what have you. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like, Good job again from from the three of us here. I think we did. I think we did pretty well. Yeah, this was uh, a lot of fun for all the listeners out there. Enjoy Thursday night. Um, please do not get your hopes up that the Ravens have a new member of the franchise by Friday morning, but they will have several new members of the franchise as the weekend progresses, uh, and we will be back next week to talk all about it. And. Pff, just the the final wrench, whatever Lamar stuff happens during the draft, because some Lamar stuff could happen during the draft. That would be the time for some of these teams to, to make some moves. Um, but that's going to do it uh, for us. Thank you for sticking with it. Uh, for Jay Sevens and Tim Horsey, I'm Antonio Barbera. Thank you so much for listening to us on Pod Like a Raven. Go Ravens. Make all the right picks. Trade all the right picks. Get all the right players. Uh... Go go forward and prosper. We will see you guys next time.